the rare natural wonders of all creation, the rich cultural heritage of her people, the abundance of fresh, clean, clear waters, Dominica is a positive gem, a gem firmly erected in the heart of the Caribbean island chain, positively creating a perfect balance of civilization, of life, of love, of passion, a nation where there is peace of mind. Positively Dominica on DBS Radio. Just listen this Wednesday and you will find out. Positively Dominica on DBS. We're back. Patrick Roland John. Patrick John. PJ. One million questions in two hours. Patrick John. My guest tonight on Positively Dominica. April 12, 2006, Wednesday, 9.04 p.m. DBS Radio, Victoria Street, Roseau, live everywhere. How do we interview someone like Patrick John? Get into it right away. No time to waste. PJ, good evening. Welcome to Positively, Dominique. Uh, good evening, Alex. It's a pleasure to have you here. A very colorful individual from Dominica. <laughs> and um, you've decided to tell us your story. Let's begin from scratch, PJ. Uh, as we said, a million questions in two hours. Um, from scratch, who is Patrick John? Well, um, Patrick John is the son of Ada and Mawson John. Mm -hmm. My mother was a hawker. My father was a waterfront worker. And um, I was born in the heart of Roseau. Um, this building that now houses sports division opposite Jay's, yeah. it's a two-story building. Uh -huh. I was born upstairs, right there in Lagon, which was called the the the, um, the Beth area of that very building. That very building. It was a wooden building at the time. Mm -hmm. um, that was some sixty-nine years ago. Okay, so you are sixty-nine years. Sixty-nine years so yes, in January. What year were you born? April January 1937. 1937. So you're pretty young man, PJ. For, for the fame and the accomplishment you've had, you would have been bothering your 80. <laughs> but that's not so. Well, I'm old enough. <laughs> old enough. <coughs> but um, you have you seem to have achieved quite a lot of things at a young, young, young age. Um, the work of God. Good. You mentioned your parents' name and that you're the son of your, your mother and father. But how many of you did they, they bring forth? How many siblings did you have? Well, we had 13 of us. 13? Yes, I was number 13. I am number 13. You're the last cacao. 12, 12 have gone. <laughs> so I'm the only one holding straight now. You're the only one? Yes. All have gone. Mother, father, and 12 relatives. 
I'm number 13. And you're the only one standing. Only standing. one now on earth. Very interesting. Alive. I didn't I didn't realize that. Yeah. The only member of your immediate family alive. Yep. And you're the last. You were born last. I was born last, yes. Wow. January 1, 1937? January 8th. January 8th, 1937. And you were born in the, in the city? In the heart of the city. In Roseau. Boyhood days, growing up, school. Well, I started going to... My first school was the Elwin had a school. Mrs. Elwin, that's the mother of Hyacinth Elwin. Mm -hmm. um, that is in Virgin Lane. Yeah. I went to that school as my first preschool. Then after this... I went to the St. David School. <clears throat> That's where that um, school was run by Mary Davis Spear. Mm -hmm. And um, from there, I went to the Rosa Boy School. From the Rosa Boy School, I got a scholarship and went to the St. Mary's Academy where I graduated. You graduated? In 65. 1965. Yeah. Um, you just <coughs> run through your preschool, primary school, secondary school. Um, can you tell us? as we look back a little again, the persons, the comrades, the folks you, you went to school with. But I was a very troublesome boy during these days. <coughs> during my school days at Rosa Boy School. The guys I really um, moved on is Thomas Baptist, who was still a lifelong friend. Um, Johnson Isaac. Then you had the Cecil Peters from Newtown. Mm -hmm. Tom Webber died. This is Alec Gage, um, brother. Yeah. Um, the one I think is in England, and most of the other Tom um, Webb's brother. Yeah. But most of these guys have gone to um, the United Kingdom. So, at what stage did you meet them? Preschool, primary no, school. No, I met them at um, the Rosa Boy School. Rosa Boy School. Yes. And where was that Rosa Boy School at the time? Right at Newton. There, this building that is now house by Harlem. Harlem. It's called the old. The old Rosa Boy School. Old Rosa Boy yeah. School. The same, very same building. Very same building. Hmm. We had the duosis, and now that was the school garden. And of, and of course, we had the elegance of the sea to go and bathe in the sea at recess time every day. And on Fridays, you go in the sea to wash your desk and so on. And you use your desk as a bar flow. <laughs> you go to the sea. You're kidding. Yeah. You actually use your desk to take a little ride. Take a little ride in the sea. Yeah. Float out and, and, and come back in. Clean, of course. Clean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, every school child had the liberty to, to, to so do? Once well, you could swim. Well, but in those days, most of us could swim. Yeah. Because um, with the amount of rivers we have, mm -hmm. we use the Rose, Rose River a lot. To swim? To swim, and that Rose River was different than it is now. As a matter of fact, um, where the ministry is, the moment, mm -hmm. that was the hospital. Yes. <coughs> and then in the Windsorback area, there where there was a girls' school was, mm -hmm. there was a maternity ward. Mm -hmm. And then towards the left, going towards the river, there was a word for TB people, because there was a lot of TB during that period. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the river, just outside there, there was a big basin. There, there was a basin way up um, by the um, grammar school, up in the grammar school, they call that, we used to call that Sikwi. Mm -hmm. And then under the power station, the University of the Western is now, that was a power station. And below there, there was a big basin. And that's where we bathed most of the time. There and the sick. Hmm. So you had three major basins. Three major basins. They call yeah. them bassin, bassin. in Creole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Underpaw was a very popular place. Very popular. Very, very popular. Uh, I mean, once you miss a kid in the morning, 
You just go to on the pole and you <laughs> catch a ski. So you <coughs> so basically the, 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 the boys in or the children in Roseau would be not would not be natural swimmers. Natural swimmers, yes. The attribute of and course. If you couldn't swim, they throw in the water. In you the water. Couldn't swim. So you have to batter it. Yeah, you have to batter it and make it. All right. But this is not the same now because the the no, River is, is a far cry yeah. from its true self. It's going out, it's going out now. Will it continue going out until it's gone, PJ? Well if we don't control the the the, the, the problem is Many people are cutting most of the trees alongside the river. They're going into agriculture and they're not thinking of the, the, the watershed around the, the, the river. As long as you cut the trees, then the water will drop. The water will drop. Were there conservation practices before, I mean, when you were a boy? Well, strange, there was no law for that. There was no law. But it was a natural thing to allow the trees to grow. And um, along the river, and one made it very good for us, the Bathurst area was owned by a company. Mm. And Rose had that company. And the whole area was covered with limes. Yeah. So it was in a lime area, and that was controlled by the company. Good. So we couldn't go there and cut trees. Okay. The coconut trees were there also on the other side of the river. Mm -hmm. Again, that was private lands. Mm -hmm. So this thing was properly controlled by the company. But since the company left... And all sort of things that happen in well, the world, the watershed drop. Okay, well, remind me to revisit the Elros and Company Bathurst area. Yeah. And um, at some point in time in, in the discussion, but just to get into the aspect of your schooling, you mentioned the comrades that you met at school, at boys' school, and you say you went to grammar school? No, the SME is a college. So SME. Yeah. So you're an SME old boy. Right. And um, graduated from SME in 1965. No, 1956. 1956? Yeah. 1956. Yeah. What did 65 come to my mind? I may have said 65. Somewhere. But it's 56. 1956. Yeah. Um, what was it like for you in high school? Well, I was doing very well because I got a scholarship. And uh, St. Mary's Academy had an internal scholarship mm -hmm. from Form 1. If you got 90 or more in five subjects, then you got a scholarship to Form 2. Okay. Well, I, I got that, and I went to form two. The scholarship. The internal scholarship. The internal scholarship. Mm. And um, <clears throat> after that, I started doing very well at school. By the time I reached fourth form, the Christian brothers had come in. Mm -hmm. And whenever a teacher could not attend school, I did the teaching. So I was in who, fact... Who decided that? The, the principal. Okay. So in By virtue of your performance, in performance at school, discipline yes. and everything. Well, that's a troublesome guy, very troublesome. <laughs> well, you were right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you say troublesome, what do you mean? I mean, <laughs> there's an old boys school. Oh, I mean. Well, um, you know, Patrick John was always in the action. Always. He was always in the action. <laughs> if there was a fight going on, they tell you Patrick John must be involved in it. <laughs> so I was always in the action. So you were a bad egg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> always in the action. <laughs> and uh, I think to curb me. Mm. They gave me that responsibility. So every time a, a teacher or brother could not come in to um, for his period, they removed me from form from, from form four and sent me to teach in the lower forms. So as actually I became a student teacher during that period. During the tenure? Yeah. As a, as a senior student? Yes, and when I um, passed my senior Cambridge, immediately they took me up on the staff. 
So you and I became a permanent teacher. Permanent teacher and stuff. Yes, yes. Senior Cambridge meaning like um like GC, GC and mm -hmm. so. What did you take <laughs> at Senior Cambridge? Well I did um geography. As a matter of fact, um we I, I hated maths. Mm -hmm. And therefore I decided I would not do maths for my and my Cambridge and I would do geography. But there was no geography teacher in the island. Okay. So I had to teach myself geography. I got a credit in geography, so I ended up teaching geography at the convent and at the um, St. Mary's Academy, because there's no other geography teacher in the island. Okay. And um, I did Latin, I did um, religion, English, um, history, English lit literature. All that external exam? Huh? You did all that at the... Yes, all out of Cambridge. Okay, and how many of them did yeah. you pick up? I passed in six subjects. You passed everything that you did? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Including Latin. Latin. Oh, anything Latin, yes. I was very good at Latin. Okay. Very good? I taught Latin at school. You taught? When I was teaching, I taught Latin at school. I taught history. I then, they sent me the maths I hated. I had to do maths in one, form one and form two. And religion. You taught Latin to the beginners, little boys? Yeah, um, first form. First form. First formers. Mm -hmm. yes. So, why why Latin? Well, it was one of the subjects um, under the examination board. And um, at that time, in the church, you know, Dominican was more predominant Catholic. Mm -hmm. And in the church, the mass was said in Latin. Oh, it was said in Latin in, yes. in your time as a boy? Yes. And, full, and being full Latin? A, yes, full Latin. Being a Catholic um, school, the Latin was pushed in, particularly in preparing young boys who wanted to become priests. Okay. As I almost became one. Almost? Yeah. You wonder, where already, how far did you get? Well, I um, accepted to be a priest. You accepted already? Yes. And um, I was at the, um, getting um, tuition at the pres presbytery. I lived in the presbytery for six months. Uh -uh. And um, it was Bishop Bogart at the time. And then after six months, well, German also, he opted out to be a Christian brother. And I decided to go for the priesthood. And um, after the six months, we had the bishop call us in to decide, well, what we're what going to do. Because in those years, you had to go to Belgium to do the, the same, um, CSSR. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, German would have gone to the America with the Irish brothers to do the brotherhood. And um, German, when the bishop called us in, German agreed to, you know, to continue, and I and I back out. I told the bishop I'll be a bad priest. Well, well, I told him I like women, and um, in the priesthood here, you don't marry, and therefore I told him I'll be a bad priest. I'll go after women. And um, the matter that they asked me to reconsider it, you know, for a time, but um. I remain for a minute and, you know, <laughs> no, if that calling went. If he had agreed, I mean, I do think he would have agreed. He would not agree because you have to take an over syllabus, mm. you see? For the rest of your natural life. Natural life. And um, PJ couldn't go for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, at least I admire your frankness. <laughs> For accepting that, and um, I guess I eventually the bishop understood. Oh, he understood the position, yes. And yeah. he released, he released you. Yeah. Being a brother too, you had to be um, 
uh, such also? Well, I didn't go into the Brotherhood and business because I was Germans part of it. Vocation. I, I was really, really concentrated. But why did you priest. want to become a priest? Well, it's according. You think you were called to being a priest? Yeah. But um, just one little sector of the vocation that wouldn't have worked for you was the fact that priests don't... Um, don't get married. Get married. Yeah. I wanted to raise a family. But and I don't believe that... Um, I couldn't go into that and I would have really defeated the purpose. You, so have you always been frank and objective like this in life? Most of the time, yes. Try your best, PJ? Yeah. We're going to get that. We're going to be having a number of calls. Folks will be calling left, right and center. Let's take our first call for the evening. Hello, you live. Good evening. Good evening. You're live on DBS radio. I've got I Patrick John. Good evening. Yeah, hello. I'm speaking from Morton Raven. Mm-hmm. As Mr. John said, he liked um, women, right? Yeah, you... He met a girl one time and he said, I admire your seven complexion, I'm hungry and curation. I would like to be in your direction, in my selection, and yours with affection. And he probably must mention I'm John Artication. You remember that, Mr. John? Yes, when I was MC. <laughs> you know who's speaking? I cannot pick up the voice, but um, <laughs> the courage. That oh, courage. Yes, I did that at the uh, at the um, Kaib cinema. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you remember the coconut on that night in the park? Yes, yes, yes. When my father sent me to sell the coconut, only drink it and only didn't see me. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't mention that for us. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm taking you in. Eh? Okay, thank you. I have a pleasant evening. Uh, cool. I'm taking the program. Okay, cool. Uh, he was breaking up a little picture. He was basically yes, repeating something that you said, some lines. Yes, about um, journal agitation. What is it about? You can well, I, I was an MC in those days, and I, I really cannot remember this thing, but it's a, a thing about um, I am going to a father to ask him for his daughter. Mm. Okay, and my name was John Agitation, so I wrote the father, you know, a letter there, Mr. Hamilton. I wish to, you know, apprise you of the situation between me and Dr. John and me, John, um, agitation. And it, this thing all goes wrong, right? It was very, very few, but I can't remember that now. That's um, 30 years ago, you know. But he can remember that thing because I was a regular MC mm -hmm. in those days. With, uh, every Saturday night um, at the Caribbean Cinema, he would play an extra 10 cents on the ticket. And there was a, a sort of talent night. And you would come and sing or play instrument or do whatever you want. And the crowd would um, de decide who is the winner. So in my MC, you know, I, I gave some of those jokes and that's what he's talking about. Okay. So you would like the, 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 the in thing in terms of stage? Yeah. Yeah. In, at that time? Well, I did a lot of MC. You know, not only there. When Farrow first came for the first time, I was his MC. And then... Um, during um, Calypso competitions, mm -hmm. I did most of the MCs in Calypso mm -hmm. Most of your, or most of the recordings, um, of course, mm -hmm. feature you, mm -hmm. your, your voice introducing certain songs. One of the, 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 the tapes, well, the CD that I was playing the other day, it was transposed from a reel to reel, and you were in, introducing this guy who's the mighty Ugly. <laughs> and you were saying, you've heard of Ugly and the Beast, or Beauty and the Beast, mm -hmm. and so on. Very, very interesting. Um, you know, we've got it got in the archives. Okay. So that were your glory days. Now, we were, men we were speaking about you, a pupil teacher, 
um, at the SMA, the fact that you did Latin, we mentioned, why Latin, and then your calling, you think your vocation, mm -hmm. and why you didn't really go ahead, follow through with the priesthood after six months of um, somewhat of an initiation. Yeah. You decided, boy, no, nah, that's not for me, um, because you couldn't have kept through with it. Um, so what happened after that? Well, after two years, um, I left the school, and I went um, to Whitchurch. Mm -hmm. I worked with Whitchurch as the assistant manager of shipping, so as the dealing directly with shipping. And in those days, um, we had, the, the, there was a flow to England, and um, you found that um, a lot of people were paying $365 to go to England. Mm. And they raised up money. So every week we had about four boats in Venezuela, the Opinia, Ascania, and another one I can't remember. But they were coming in regularly to take people over to England. And um, we had the Ripon, the, the Caribbean, and um, we had the Greenville Lass, a whole set of shipping. Plus the Dutch boats, we were the agent for all Dutch boats, which came in twice a month. When you say the ships, the boats were coming in to take people to England, was it a normal, regular route? Yes. I mean, trade? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just to Every other month. Export Dominicans to England? To England. I mean, they were, they were going in droves. Passengers? Yeah. And, I mean, when you saw $365 in those days was a lot of money. So why, why, would, people leave, why would people leave in like this? Well, England was open. England was open at that at time, mm. and the immigration to England was just that, and Caribbean people were just flowing, running up to England. What, what time? What period? 1961, 62, 63. Let's, let's explore that a little more after this call. You're live. Good evening. Yes, um, good evening, Alex, and say good evening to Mr. John. Good evening. Um, why in those days, Latin the subject of high school, huh? Yes. Requirements into university if you wanted to do law. Oh yes, was yes, yes. not about Latin yes. at, at Cambridge. Yes, thank you very much. In all of the high schools, um, Latin is a standard subject. Um, quite apart from well, uh, like Sir John. If you yeah, to thank you for that one. Yes, I didn't remember that. Yes, <laughs> I just thought yes. I'd tell you. Though. Yes, thank you. All right. all right, thanks for calling. Cool. All right, England was opened up to West Indians. West Indians. Yeah. In the 60s, yeah, the boys, the boys would come to Dominica, go down to Antigua, some kids, and they're speaking up. You know what? I'm, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking that England basically ripped our our our, our, our labor force, our workforce, our well, people. Well, I mean, it was very difficult and hard in those days. As a matter of fact, I mean, in England too. No, in Dominica. Well, that's who, why a lot of hard people had to who, run away. Who made it hard? Well, we were the mother country, well, all right, and we took and they took all our subjects to the mother country. Well, I presume they they believe that probably they could um utilize our services better than utilizing our services in Dominica. As a matter of fact, the road down the coast could only reach Alcolibistri, and we had boats running from Rosso to Portsmouth, motor boats carrying passengers, people across. yes, to Portsmouth and shuttling people through Sofre. You wow. had to go boat. And there was, and then the road the in to the interior reached as far as the Rosalie River. Mm -hmm. You couldn't go to um, Grand Form on Journal Week. But these places had no road. And then the road down from Grand Bay reached as far as Grand Bay, down Lally. 
and you couldn't go down up to Dubik and those places, it was difficult. And then most of the people, and in, and in England, they were picking up guys, and guys were working on the trains and all that kind of thing like that. Mostly, mostly um, the Caribbean people were Indians, and it was good pay. And the guys went in droves, and I mean, now you can see the fruits that most of them return, and they, their pensioners have big houses and, and so on. Yeah. And pushing something to Dominica. Well, I mean, after after forty years, yeah, they spent all their life in England. After forty-five yes, years, yes. they could have stayed and developed Dominica. Yeah, in those forty-five but years, it was difficult for development. We would at the time. Yeah. But had we had we understood what England was doing, and had they stay back, maybe their their work over over four decades would have benefited as much. Maybe we would have been a little England. Well, I believe that um, the politicians at the time knew what England was doing. Okay. They knew what it was England was doing, but. We were still getting out of the. The Crown Colony. We were, but we had. It was that was, that was past 58. We didn't. We have the ministerial. State. No, 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 no. We're Crown Colony. Crown Colony thing. Yes. State in 61. Yeah. Okay. We became we, we became an associated state in, in 67. 67. 67. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we were still Crown Colony. Yeah. But we had ministers and so on. We didn't. Yes, we had ministers and all this. Thing. Yeah, I think at that. You had about three ministers. Three ministers. Yeah. The minister of. Um, with, um, social welfare, social welfare and minister of production and and mm -hmm. the, the the chief minister chief minister yes you're the chief minister so we, we had a minister of Communic communication and works mm -hmm. and a minister of education and social services okay and a minister i think of production and something mm -hmm. that's when we had baron yeah, elkin and um you had elkin was there, um he was like the communication Yes, he was coming. And Laville, I think. Yes. Laville was the yeah. Minister of Communication Works. Yeah. Elkin was the Minister of Education. Good. Yeah. So we were social welfare. So we were still crown colony. We were still crown colony. And, yeah. okay. And um, so that's when all people migrated. Yeah. You were with church as an employee at the shipping department. Yes, at that time. And observing all this migration. Oh, I handle, I handle a lot of that. And also, I observed at that time the, the raw deal that the um the waterfront workers they were getting waterfront workers yeah, the persons who yeah, worked on the on the bayfront bay yeah, we had we had fellas working in boats they call them gabote mm -hmm. um lighters mm -hmm. and um because we had no jetty that the boat could come alongside we just had a jetty for the 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 shuttle service that we had mm -hmm. and um i observed because i raised on the waterfront also with my father because I used to work in the boat with my father. Your father also was a waterfront person? Yeah, my father worked on the, on the, on the thing. And uh, and I can record in those days, you had to go to the town council to get a badge. And you had to stick a badge on you, otherwise you couldn't work on the waterfront if you didn't get a, a badge from the council. Okay. And um, so I used to go and assist my father from school, go in the boat and, and assist him. And I saw the plight of the workers. Now, I became a member of the Dominica Trade Union. It was a powerful union at that time. You became a member of the union yes. while working at Richard? Yes. Hmm. I, smell, I smell danger. And um, it, it became a powerful union. And um, although it did not cater much for clerical people, but the, 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 the laborers, per se, the people who worked as servants, maids at homes, it really, and the agricultural workers, they went out. And we had about 
300 workers on the port and the DTU was handling that. Now, um, I became the assistant secretary for the, for the, the waterfront section. And um, one day, we were going for the books, because we just go in and check the books, because the workers would, they would draw out, as you get your, 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 your wages, the union would take 25 cents from your wages. Mm -hmm. And they say that would, they put that in there for sickness and so on. And then, then we observe that this money was dwindling. The amount that came in, that was there in the books, it was then dwindling. So I, in my nosy thing, I asked questions about this, since I was representing the waterfront mm -hmm. section. Mm -hmm. And um, I can recall Mr. Devery Lawrence. He was, um, he was the um, president, R.P. Joseph from Senjo from Maho was the sec general secretary and um, this guy took me to task and they took the books away from me and they tell me I have no right to see the books but the constitution provides that once you're a financial member you can ask to go through the books and they refuse it so they dismiss three of us it was an all active Albert Greenaway Peter Greenaway's father mm -hmm. and myself we were the ones agitating the thing and they dismissed they called the trial and dismissed us from the from the union hey. so we said okay then George Elysier Alec Dejan and a couple of Macklin Peanut and a few other guys came in and said hey if they dismiss you then we pull you out from the union hmm. so we pulled out from the union and decide to form our own waterfront union Eventually, they decided, they, 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 the workers said, they will not allow them to withdraw the, the 25 cents any longer. So we opened a bank account and started taking the 25 cents out and refused to give it to them. That caused a lot of problems. And then we wrote the, the shipping agents asking them to, be, to recognize us as the people re representing these guys. The workers, yeah. They refuse. The shipping people refuse. They refuse. They say they don't want us. They know the very little. And these guys, we said, okay. The following week, there were five boats in harbor. And we said, well, when that five boats come in, then we're going to strike. And um, the five boats came in, we would draw the lever. And for the whole day, police came down and so on. We tell people, we're not working. Let the will get um, people to work the boats. And when the came in about 10 o'clock, he had six people with him. He was able to get six workers to go on his side. And that went on there till 4 o'clock when Sparrow Winston said, This is nonsense. I have my boat. There are so many bags of flour to drop. Call Patrick and the boys. So we went to the Labor Commissioner. That was Mr. Claude Bruni at the time. Mm. And all the shipping agents signed recognizing us. In a jiffy, we had all five boats working. By midnight, everything was cleared. The union was formed. Waterfront and Allied, Allied Workers, Workers Union. No, it was just the Seamen and Waterfront Union. Okay. 350 workers. We got a small, um, this uh, gentleman named Wilfred, why I forgot his name. Anyway, he was one of the four men. He had a building in Upper Lane, and he rented the building for us as a office.
and we started there from scratch. And when the unions are building, building up and, you know, really becoming a force, then people from outside wanted us to represent them. People had asked the fans, all people wanted us to represent them. Then we changed it to the Waterfront and Allied Workers Union. Okay. So that's the same way we have That's today. the same way you have today. So you are a pioneer? I'm a pioneer founder and the first secretary of WAU. Of WAU. Yeah. And it, it came about based on the little story you just The gave. little story, yes. Just this going through the books and finding the folder. Troublemaker. Yeah. Patrick John. He's usual. Did that involvement with the union get you in trouble with Wichich, didn't it? Oh, yes. It got me in trouble right away. And um, I can remember Mr. Colt had this is called because I never went to work that day. I was on the port whole day with the boys. There's problems there. And um, with church, the manager called me in. That's Mr. Tommy Coulthard. <coughs> and he told me, he took up a sheet of paper and he drew a line in the center of it and he wrote W U. W one way and U the other way. Mm -hmm. And he told me, choose. So I asked him, what's that about? He said, W stands for with church and U stands for union. So you choose. So I told him, well, God gave me a free will to choose between heaven and hell, and I haven't decided whether I'm going to heaven or I'm going to hell. So he can ask me to choose W. <laughs> and I walk out. You've been rude to And I told him, beware that that strike might continue. Yeah. And, uh, but they, they called him up. Mr. Deloney went and spoke to him and said, look, looking for a lot of trouble with the port workers. Leave the guy alone. And I stayed there for about two months after that strike. And the union didn't tell me come full time. I left with churches and I went with the union full time. So the union invited you to, to, to get involved full time? Yes, I resigned from my church and got involved full time in the union. So when you were the general secretary, didn't you get paid? Yes. So you were getting a salary from the union and yes. the church? They were working it from the, the salary on the boat. Mm -hmm. They were putting so much aside and yeah. paying me. Pay you. Sorry. And when you became full time, how, how did that, that had to change because you had to get a no, which was just gave me a full salary. Mm. But when I became the, the the secretary of the waterfront union, then they were putting money aside each man from his salary to make up a salary for me on each boat. Good. So I got paid as a crew member. Okay. On each boat. Good. So what happened after that? You're the union. You're the general secretary. You left the job at Church. What, how old were you then? Um, with church, I was just about 28. 28? Yeah, 28. And, and what did you do at which church? You were? I was shipping. Shipping, okay. And um, after that, Libra came to me. There, yep. was, there was a tongue council election. Okay. And um, this is Libra came to me. He only Libra. He, Libra. he was the chief minister at the time. Okay. And he asked me that he wanted me to run for the Labour Party in a council election. Could you have run for Labour Party in a council election at the time? Yeah. That's how it was? Yeah, I could have run. But no, did but I, I became a member of the Labour Party. When? When? At what stage? Did you the, same, the same year that I ran for the town council election, that was in 65, mm. I became a member of the Labour Party. To run for to the run party. for Labour Party. Good. And um, I ran. So Libra came to your group yes, and you I ran. Agree I ran for Libra, um, Labour Party. Still being a member of the union. Still being a member of the union. And won and became mayor at the age of 28 years. 
you're the mayor of the Roseau. Of, of Roseau. Yes, at the age of 28. Well, that's pretty young. Yeah, very, very, very young. About the youngest mayor? But I, I probably. 28. Well, at the time, I was the youngest mayor in the Caribbean. But um, I did a lot of things young. Probably that's <laughs> one of the things that I have going for me. And probably I was too advanced for my age, probably. But anyway, I became um, mayor of Roseau. And um, then in five years after, five years after, the Liberal Party got themselves in trouble. That um, Mrs. James, Annie Ducre, and this is Stevens rebelled against Libna. I wanted to out out Libna. And therefore, the party got problem. And the party split down the ranks. We went to the courts. And Justice Beveridge, who was a judge at the time, indicated that Ducre, who was president of the union, will maintain the heart. As a symbol? Yes. Mm -hmm. And Libna remains political leader. So you had two factions. One faction has the heart, the symbol of the party, and one faction had the leadership of the party. And both of them were odds. Operating in the same party. It's operating in the same party. That's what the courts ruled. Yes. So then Libra called an emergency meeting and um, decided to form a party. Why did these three members divert? Well, I don't know whether they didn't like Libra's um, leadership style. All right. And um, they had other qualms mm. in cabinet, which I wouldn't know about. Internal matters. Internal matters. But you were not in cabinet then? No, no, I wasn't in cabinet. Voila. And um, this whole thing blew up. So Big Le thing. Mm, so Libra called... Uh, yeah, Libra sent me to get Leslie because while they were running to take some members, we were running to take members. And the road, I can remember, Ronald Amo giving me a Volkswagen to go down to Portsmouth along the coastal road. And that was all mud, caterpillar walking on the road, cutting ridges. And I went through there and got Leslie and bring back Leslie to Roseau. When I had Marigot on the way back to Roseau, Margins and and then we're coming up to Portsmouth to get Leslie. There's more, yeah. Yes, but I had Leslie already. No, Leslie would have been a staunch. Well, Leslie could have changed because when I went to Portsmouth for Leslie, Leslie told his wife to anybody who came tell them he's not there. So I went to the wife. I asked for Leslie. He told me Leslie went to the garden. So why was everybody interested in Leslie? No, we were gathering membership. Okay. Because the party split. Ducre is going one way. Libra is going the other to way. To get Labour Party members to join to the join faction. To get the faction. Okay. And we don't know who against us. Okay. So um, they sent me down to get Leslie and they sent Armour to get some loose at Grand Bay. Mm. And when when uh, I arrived in Portsmouth, Mrs. Leslie told me, well, he, he went to the garden. Well, I looked through and I saw his garden boots. <laughs> so I realized that Leslie was there. So I said, okay. And I drove the car, and I went and parked in Bowles Square, and I came back, active on myself, looking for Leslie. And as Leslie was coming out from the house, I, I, just, I, arrested, I arrested Leslie. I told him, Libna wants you. And he said, boy, I, I, I want these fellas, you know, but I come in just now. He said, no, 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 no. If you go inside the house, you come inside the house with you. Let's go down the road. So he had to stay outside. He was as a wife to send a shirt for him. <laughs> and we took him down to Rosa. That was very militant, I must say. Yeah, and you had to, but it was a do or die situation at the time. Do or die for the party? For the party, yes. Mm. 
and we went up there. I was General Secretary of the party, called a meeting. We named the meeting, the, the party got a new name. We said it has the labor has to stay, but for people to identify which is the liberal labor, so we called it the liberal labor party, temporal. And that was just for the election sake. So it became the liberal labor party. Then we got the symbol. We went to the old symbol, the show. Then we um, adjourned the meeting. Mm. We adjourned the meeting, had something to eat. Then we call another meeting. The minutes will confirm. And then we decide to get candidates, appoint candidates. And we adjourned the meeting. And then we call back the meeting. In the meanwhile, General Armour and Ronald and Bobby Clark, who is away, they were preparing a constitution. So when we adjourned that meeting, when we came back, we approved the the um, the the candidates because it was um, 11, 11 constituencies at a time. Yeah. What year was that again? That was 1970. 70, okay. And we approved the candidates, and then we called another, we adjourned that meeting, called another meeting, and approved the constitution. And the following morning, we went to the chief election officer Register. with our constitution approved, with the name of the party, and applying for the show. And we were ready for the election. You got that? We got that. You ran? And, um, well, I wasn't a candidate. You were just a member. I was just, just a member and secretary. So the party went into but the when election. the party came, they, they said they need somebody to fight against Dukri. Dukri in Goodwill? Yes. Mm. Dukri was running Goodwill and he held that constituency for 13 years. And Liblamp threw the, the job on my shoulder. And I personally felt I couldn't beat Dukri. I told Liblamp, I'm not going to run. I can't beat the guy. You you sent me for my, my first part in politics to, to be beaten. You tell me you can beat the guy. Anyway, after two meetings really discussing it, I finally agreed to run. But the strange thing happened. My mother, she didn't want me to go in na uh, national politics. Mm -hmm. uh, no, running for Hong Kong is no problem with her. But in national politics, and he told me that if you go and run, I will not speak to you again. So I had a problem on my hands. And I thought of it and eventually I said, Mommy, I'm going to run. Hmm. And I ran in 1970. Eugenia Charles ran for Freedom Party. Duke for the Dominican Labour Party. And Masterlin Labard ran as an independent. I beat all three of them. Immediately, Libner appointed me Minister of Communications and Works. Because you won, Labour Party yeah, won. I, yeah, but no, I won the election. You won the, and the, your party won. And too. my party won. By what margin? Um, I can't remember how many seats we got that year. Was that that was the, that was in the ten to one year? Was that no ten to one on another year? Okay, but, but you you won that in nineteen seventy. Yeah, we won we won in nineteen seventy because in the opposition, I think um, Conrad, Conrad Cyrus won the um, the Monjon Week seat. Um, Moise mm, won in the Sufre, and I think we lost the Grand Bay seat. So, so it's, like, it's like, like seven? Yes. All right. We won about seven seats. And um, or seven, seven, about that. Somewhere around there. Yeah, and um, immediately I was made minister. Mm -hmm. Well, Liblan offered me the Ministry of Communication Works. I went back to the Union.
Minister about 31. Huh? 31. You were, 30, you were 31 then. 31, 32? No, I was 43. 33. Yeah, then. I was 43. And Liblan offered me ministry. So I mean, look, I can't take a decision. I'm in the union. The union just started just 10 years now and let me, you know. Anyway, I went to the union and the guy said, me take the ministry. But get me somebody, get them somebody who I will train when I'm still a minister. And that's how Curtis Augustus came in. Curtis Augustus was working in the post office um, selling stamps. That he was a member through his father who was working in the port. And then I got in Curtis and I started after work every every day, I go down to the union, show him all the books, show him how to run this, show him how to run that, and eventually I left him on, and I took on my ministry full time from the from the union. Okay. And um, I don't know whether it's fit, but then after being the the, the um, minister for communication works just under two years, Liblan shifted me. He shuffled his cabinet and made me Minister of Home Affairs. And after six months in the Ministry of Home Affairs, Ronald Amo was deputy leader and was in line to take over the party. Um, he had just come out from a conference in the Middle East and we had a House of Assembly meeting when he came in and then reported the success of the meeting. After the meeting, I went down to my office and all our active came to me and told me that uh, Mr. Liblin wanted to see me. So I went there, he told me, call an emergency meeting of all parliamentarians and, and all members of the party, executive, executive and parliamentarians. So I said, what's that about? And he said, well, Ronald Amor has just resigned. I said, well, no man, let me go and talk to Ron. He said, No, no, no. You don't go and talk to him. Just call the meeting. So I ran around calling everybody because the parliamentarian was still around. Mm -hmm. And we went up to Monbrose. When we were at Monbrose, Libla gave us some rings. And then he says that Ronald Amo has just resigned from the party. And Mr. Christian just turned around and said, Well, look, let me go and talk to him. He said, No way. I'm going to show from my cabin. And what was Ronald's post in the party? He was Minister of Finance. He was Minister then? Yes, Minister of Finance and Deputy Political but Leader. Did he win? Did Ronald win a seat? Yeah, he ran, he ran in the Rosa South seat. And won there. And he won there. And then, what well, Liblan said, well, I'm shuffling my cabinet. Patrick John is will remove from the Ministry of Home Affairs and all active will come in as a nominated member. He'll be made um, Minister, of, Minister Home of, of Home Affairs and Patrick will be Minister of Finance. That's all the shop. It's a bad boy. Anyway, then he says he needs a deputy. He said, Mr. Christian, you're too old. And he checked 18. He said, no, 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 18. And he said, yeah, Patrick has the charisma. Patrick John, deputy. He handpicked you, Libra? Yeah, Libra handpicked me. And that meeting. So there's no vote? No. The political leader could um, do that. Yeah? Yeah. So that didn't go down well with some people, did it? Well, I'm a minister. Is a political leader who appoints his ministers? But to appoint you deputy, just like that? Yeah, he won't mm. be deputy. Deputy leader. Mm -hmm. Deputy okay. leader of the party. Of the party. Mm. Pending when the executive meet to decide. To elect. To elect. Mm. 
Now, um, look, he didn't appoint me deputy leader. He appointed me minister of finance. Yeah. Uh, no deputy. At that moment, exactly. Uh, no deputy. Well, seen, but he had so Ronald was still the, de um, the de de factor, the political leader of the party. Rather. And um, what Libra did, he just called his cabinet, the first cabinet, after the new appointments. And he indicated that he will not be coming to work. He'll be at Vikas and Patrick Lurone government. What? Yeah. I think he said he'll only come in to the <coughs> cabinet meeting every Tuesday. And he tells me, if you have any difficulties, contact me at um, Vikas. But why did he decide to do that? Well, I presume he probably had decided to go. And then, well, so I started running the government. From what? From that time? From that time. Started running the government. Until, what I want to say, 1974. In 1974, Libra calls an emergency meeting of all parliamentarians and think there were 43 of us at the party headquarters. Mm -hmm. And he announced that he's going to resign. And he indicated to the membership there that um, he doesn't want any split in the party. So he's going to do something. Everybody, he'll give everybody a slip of paper. And the person, everybody will write the name of the person they want to, to lead the party. Fair enough. Nobody would move and second. For you to say, oh, you didn't nominate me. I didn't know I'm your friend and so on. So everybody wrote what they had to write. And the next thing we knew, Patrick John got 28 votes out of the 43. 28 out of the 43. I was shocked. And Ronald Amo came to me and he said, I never knew you had a strong executive backing like this. Now that was just the executive to decide who they want. And they'll go to the conference and at the conference the executive would back that person. But the conference would decide who they want for the leader. So we went to the conference two Sundays after that at the Goodwood Empire Hall. And the conference start nominating people. And fellas start um, pulling out, pull out, until I was the only one accepting nomination. And nomination ceased. And I was appointed, elected political leader on a board. Ronald Armour backed down. He didn't, he was nominated. I didn't take it. And, um, well, that night, I went to buy baptist and fire a couple. Mm -hmm. The next day, there is letters, letters all around the place. A Sally Wozo attacking me. I'm no good leader. I don't have a banana tree in my in my yard. And my father was a ox, um, a, a different man. My mother this, and signed by Ronald Jenner, Mike Douglas, whole set of fellows from the off. Yeah, yeah. So I call an emergency executive meeting, charge them, and call them in, put them before the district committee. They didn't come. No, no. Mike alone came. And Mike indicated that somebody forged his signature. That's not his signature. So Mike was left out of that, and we dismissed everybody else. Jenner, Ronald, all of them were dismissed. So immediately, 
I had a problem in Parliament because Ronald was still in Parliament. And Ronald in Parliament said he will not see the Labour Party. So he would try to go across the Eugenia and Eugenia and say, I don't want him there. So the Speaker put a chair in the centre. So Ronald was sitting between in sides. Bigotory. Yes, and then, oh well, I mean, he had at, at Parliament here, he went for me. He went for the juggler. And uh, every time challenged me to call the election, I'll call the election one. God tells me, but I say, Ronald, when the election is called, you lose. You lose. Tell me, beat you on the I call the election very funny. I run Carnival. Carnival Monday is in band running in a band. The Arabs are coming out an Arab, Arab chic. I run in that band, choose the t shirt band, I in band. As leader of the country. Yeah. Jumping in my band, my Pre carnival. Premier. Yeah, as premier. Jumping mm -hmm. in my band. And Ash Wednesday morning at ten o'clock, I drop the bombshell. I dissolve the house and call the election in twenty one days. Nobody had time get, and it was the first time 18 years of voting. It's the first time we had 21 constituencies, and Eugenia Charles, who had the main opposition party, could only muster 15 candidates, couldn't fill 21. And the Labour Party filled 21. We won the election winning 17 out of the 21 seats. That's something I, I want to say. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm no, as a prof. I'm no prophet, mm. but in my political life, I've observed every time a deputy leader try to out the political leader, he ends up not. Duque tried to um, run off Libla. Duque end up not. Ronald Amo tried to do the same thing with Libla. He pull out, make his party, he end up not. When Mamo was um wanted to leave and she wanted carbon, there was big thing against Mamo fighting the Freedom Party as it's dwindled away. And the same thing is happening to UWP. I feel Timothy is going the wrong way. You think so? Well, according to history and politics. Well, you volunteered he that. He's falling, he's falling, he's falling to that. I, I, I mean, you volunteered that. Yes, he's falling to the cathedral. Mm. Well, okay. again, again, that's that's according to you. Yeah, according to my, my that's based on what, what you, I you see, see, what I've experienced. And all right, it may not turn out to be that. Yeah, mm -hmm. but he is in the line to fall off like that. Well, let's see what happens. And um, it's interesting yeah. that you could volunteer a bit of information like this. So, so PJ, when you you won the election, and that, what what year was that? Nineteen seventy-four. Seventy-four election. No, seventy-five election. 70. I became pre um, premier in seventy-four June. And you won the election one year after. Yes, in Good. March seventy-five. Mm -hmm. And you continued fighting towards you know another election. That was the eighty election. Was it seventy-nine? Well, in eighty election we were destroyed completely by the yeah. Freedom Party. Mm -hmm. But in eighty five, mm -hmm. in eighty five, um, there was uh, I was, you know, I, I was charged for conspiring no, to overthrow the. Do jump there, Zed. You you know, you got in seventy five. You won, and three years after we was it seventy eight. We got independence. Yeah, we got independence. Yeah, under you, and yeah. you and you became the first prime minister. Mm -hmm. Um, the road to independence, we have heard that story a number of times before. 
Um, you mentioned um, in other interviews that people like Rosie, Douglas, even Piero were involved in the, the Grand Bay Group. The Grand Bay Group, they yeah. were involved. You, 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 you credit him, credit him highly. Yes, because they went wrong the island doing this. Thing. Uh, yeah, as a youngster, he yes. went around. Um, yeah, they did a lot of work promoting the like, pro promoting independence, independence movement. Yes, yeah. So Rosie has to be commended for that. Rosie and Piero, they have to be um, commended for that. So you so they basically did the, 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 the hard work for you while you did the administrative work? No, I still went wrong the, the country um, doing this thing, but they were a young group. Mm -hmm. And it's youth, all right? And you imagine young people, you know, going on a platform and keeping their own meetings and saying the benefits of independence. Okay. There are some older people, they were kind of, kind of suspicious about that independence business. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the Freedom Party had a very good campaign. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that if you have two houses, I'll come and take one. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and this communist thing is coming in and so on. However, they went wrong showing that that wasn't so. And that showing people that they would have that independence to do their own thing themselves. They don't have to depend on the Britain to give them this and give them that. Mm -hmm. And it went, it went on well. It went on well. Mm -hmm. And... Um, England themselves, they sent down Mr. Postnet to go around the country and to find out from people the views and his report back to the Minister of Overseas was a positive thing. Okay. It was positive. So that just opened the, 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 the thing. Mm -hmm. And another positive, positive thing that happened to me, strange but true, mm -hmm. is that the Prime Minister of England at the time was Jim Callahan. Now Jim Callahan came down to Dominica as an ordinary member of Parliament when they had visited him in parliamentarians and so on. Mm -hmm. And while he was here, there was the tongue the meeting for Tong Council. We were having a big meeting to launch candidates mm -hmm. in Lago. And Jim Callahan then asked Libana, let him Introduce the young boy. So as the baby of the side. And Jim Callahan was the one who introduced me in Dominica as a candidate okay, in Tong that, Kong. That's so. when you ran for Tong Kong. One council. Mm. Now when I came for independence, Jim Callahan was the Prime Minister. So it was a feather copy. Okay. It was a feather copy. And the independence movement was it whose idea was it to to to, to, to move towards independence? Well, we had it in our manifesto. Labour Party. Labour in 75, we had it in our manifesto mm. that we had to get out of it. And I'll tell you something that really broke the back of the camel. Hold on a while under what really broke the back of the camel. Hello, you live for Patrick John. Good evening. Yes, good evening. Yes. Great program. Thank you. And I think it's been a great man. Right. He's one of the um, guys I think I admired growing up as a young boy in Dominica. Mm -hmm. I'd like to ask Mr. John, mm. what would he say would be his greatest achievement? as a Dominican. He is great his achievement. Yep, yes. Thank you. Good okay, night. cool. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you something. I This question is a difficult question for me. Mm. Maybe because we can get to that towards the end of the interview or yeah, you can try yeah, to do it now. You see, I had, I, I have won many hats and um, in each of those hats that I've won, yeah. I've achieved. Yeah, yeah. Highly. And um, for instance, I'll just give you a rundown. I was the general secretary of a carnival band. 
Now the carnival band we made that it was a club, and the name of that club was P. Ashon, P for Patrick, I for Isaiah Prentice, A for Arnold Active, T for Thomas Baptist, and we were running carnival. Everybody paid the the dues every month to the, that club, and we had the first band we had was the Johnny Walker band the man on the bottle and so on. Mm -hmm. The second band was the coronation of Queen Elizabeth in 1963. That's the year they had a fire. Yeah. And the third band we made was the Wooden Horse of Troy. So I was deeply in, in, involved mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. I played steel band. You played steel band? Yeah, and I was a manager player for the Wichichi's Song Channel Symphonet. Wichichi's Song Channel Symphonet. Symphonet. And that band was in, in, in Hillsborough Street with Eddie Andre, um, James, um, um, Vernon, Vernon Joseph, mm -hmm. Akuris, and these guys. So what band did you play? I played double tenors. Okay. And we, not only that, we used to play on the, on the boats that came from England. Yeah. And during that time, I was a limbo dancer. I used to dance, dance limbo on, 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 you? on the boat. Yeah. You limbo? Yeah, I dance limbo. Mm -hmm. Very good. <laughs> and then <coughs> we went to Antigua for a competition against Hell's Gate and Brute Force of Antigua and two bands from Trinidad. Yeah, I've, who, heard, I've heard of Hell's Gate. Yeah, we won that competition in, in Antigua. You beat Hell's Gate? We beat Hell's Gate and Brute Force. And um, so there I played pan writing calypsos from the early 60s. I was writing calypsos for Spark, Picky and Ashton, James the Slasher and these this guys. Mm -hmm. So you achieved there again. I achieved there again, and <coughs> I would say probably my greatest achievement as a Dominican is bringing the country into independence. Independence. Yeah. Good. No, that brings us back to the point that you were. What broke the camels back? We wanted to cut the road from Portsmouth Lagoon to Clifton. You had Kokoe. Kifton and Capuchin, right? Mm -hmm. <coughs> but the last one, we wanted to break the road there. Now, in those days, we had internal self-government. As Premier, I was responsible for the internal affairs, and Britain was responsible for external affairs. Yep. But Britain also gave us budgetary aid, and they also assisted yeah. in giving monies for development of roads and so on. Mm -hmm. And we applied for um, financial assistance to build a road from um, Lagon in Portsmouth right down to Capuchin. Yeah. And I sent them an engineer. Now, one of the engineer people, they had cocoa there, they had cocoa, coconuts, they had coffee, they had um, grapefruit trees, they had um, banana trees. Mm -hmm. And the engineer rides back to England Mm -hmm. And he said the road is a social road. Meaning? And when I called the minister, the minister said, well, the report he got is a social road. So I sent up all the agricultural potential of the area, plus the fact that is linking people because there were trucks, vehicles couldn't go through there. And the minister refused. He said it's a social road and they're not given any social road. You have to have an agriculture base in the area. And in spite of all what we send him, the minister said nothing doing. 
we cannot get the road. E -E. Then we had a problem with the coastal road. He said he's not giving the road to Portsmouth because that's a coastal highway. So I said, okay, then give us a feeder road because it's agricultural and so on and so on. Mm. So they agreed to give a feeder road. So what we did, we had a feeder road from Salisbury to Kulibistri mm -hmm. as a feeder road. Feeder, yeah. And then Kulibistri to Biosh, a feeder road. And Biosh to, to Dublin, a feeder road. And Dublin to Granville. And it was when the, the, the road had completed and reached at Granville, it's when the British found out. That they had actually <laughs> built, developed the, the entire the road. The, the entire road. Yeah. And they refused to give us money to build from Granville to Portsmouth. And when we had to take it from our own taxpayers' money to build that road. And that's how we got that road. And I realized that this thing, every time you had, I, I, I was going, I went to, um, I was invited to Venezuela by the president of Venezuela. The British had to ask them permission to go to Venezuela. Okay, they gave the permission. Then they sent down a British man with me to sit at the meeting with me. And he was telling me not to answer that question, not to answer this question. Why I want to open negotiating with Venezuela, I couldn't do it. Then the Venezuelans <coughs> gave me this highest award, the order of Francisco de Miranda. Why did they give that to you? Because, well, I don't know. They liked you. They decided to give me the honor. Mm -hmm. I got the honor, and then the British government wrote me and told me I cannot wear that. Well, at, at a national day, mm -hmm. I tell them, I'll wear what I have to wear. I used to wear it at National Day. I got at odds with them. And I had a lot of time that you had to go away. I had to go to France. Because we had a very had a very close relationship with Chirac, who is now the president. Chirac was then mayor of Paris. And he invited me to Paris. As premier. As premier. Mm -hmm. We went, we opened mm -hmm. negotiation, and the British boycott everything. They said, we can't deal with France. So this thing starts frustrating me, and I said, look, the only way out now for us to go to other countries to assist us and help this country for and being developed is to go and ask for independence. And I went up and made the approach. There were there were a lot of um, hiccups, but in the end, you know, we prevailed, and we got that in '78. So that's what prompted you to get that, make that move. Yes, the British government the frustration. Yes, total total frustration. Good. They will only give you what they want to give you and not what you want or what you need. The independence declaration was made in Salisbury. Yeah. And um, it took the form of a, a public meeting? No, it was a Labour Party um, conference. Conference. Yeah. And there I dropped the declaration. Mm -hmm. Who sat to decide it and to, 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 to architect the, the declaration with you? Or was it a thing that you did and, and everybody heard when you did it? No, no, well, we had the, 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 the road to independence was in the manifesto. Yes, yes. And when the convention came the following year, um, I then just told them that, look, I am going to make the de declaration okay. at um, thing, and the executive gave me mm, the, the only thing to go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. And I made that declaration. And from there, it was not turning back. Yeah. And then the opposition had to come on board to assist with the process. Yeah. Which they well, did. No, 
Although um, this is Eugenia Charles, I mean, she played her politics, but I believe that she she was really interested in independent. But she didn't want any. Then she didn't want me to get independent. She want herself mm -hmm. to have been the first prime minister. So we had that tussle there. Mm -hmm. So it was a matter of who's going to to run that hundred. Yeah, then who's going to to, to buzz it? In? The politics. Oh yeah, the, the politics oh, yeah. of the thing. Oh yeah, the politics. So, game, so yeah. you won the politics. Oh yeah, I won on, on the that political night. game. Yeah, and then um, you became the first prime minister. Shortly after. You got very corrupt and got defrauded, overthrown, casted out of office. Well, I, I hear the word corrupt. And, um, you know, I was arrested. Okay, let me tell you what you did. You tried to sell portions of Dominica. Well, I'll come to that before I go into... Or you tried to pass a harsh law, or uh, shut your mouth bill or something like that. What did you really do, PJ? Uh, I'll, I'll come to that. <laughs> I first, I was arrested for $26. You were arrested? Yes, for $23.40. As Prime Minister? Yeah. $23.40. Yeah. I don't believe I can buy a case of beer. <laughs> but I was arrested for that. And, yeah, I was on bail. I was on bail. Oh, how, do, how could they arrest the Prime Minister for $23? No, I was That's arrested. A joke. No, I'm serious. Okay. I was arrested for $23.40. Okay, cool. But it, the funny thing in this thing is that I mean, they wanted to prove corruption in such that they were out to, they were hungry for blood mm -hmm. after the overthrow. Mm -hmm. And um, they wanted to catch me. Mm -hmm. But I tell them money don't burn my eyes. Because one of the things my mother told me, my mother died five days after I became premier. Mm -hmm. And before she died, she told me, remember, you came out among the poor people. And you will become leader of this country. And your responsibility is to bring them up, not to hold them in a grave. Do that for me. She died. <clears throat> so I had that in mind. But in those days, Alex, it was, we were working for God and country. Nobody think about tiffin money in government. It was God and country. And I'll, I'll come to the question you asked me, you know, and just coming about this $23.40 as I was for. Now, I was going to, I went to the United States at a conference, a tourism conference. And when I came back, I sent in my returns. And I sent a check for $135 that I was owing government. The financial secretary, they sent back the document to me saying that I used the wrong um, foreign exchange because what I did I didn't use the foreign exchange when the money was given to me mm -hmm. I used the foreign exchange when I came back the exchange rate mm -hmm. yeah so the exchange rate they told me no and they quoted the exchange rate so I had to do that over with the exchange rate mm -hmm. now I was going to open a village council at Woodford Hill and Clancy Senior at my capsec so I said well look walk this thing out for me when I come out let's sign it and send it up. So Clancy walked out the thing, and here the government now have twenty-three dollars and forty cents for me. So when they were hunting for corruption, they got this thing where it was one hundred and thirty-five dollars that I was owing government, and suddenly they get another thing where I now claiming twenty-three dollars and forty cents, and did draw the twenty-three dollars and forty cents, and they said, "Well, it's corruption arrest me." So the case came up. And they keep putting back the case, putting back the case. 
And then suddenly the magistrate said, hey, we are urging him to such and such a date. And when we come back, the case is calling. And my lawyer, I won't mention his name. My lawyer sold me out. Because my key witness was Clancy Senior, who was then president of Dominica. And so he couldn't have stood witness? Yeah, he, he agreed to come because okay. he prepared the document. Mm -hmm, okay. All right? Now, my lawyer, when he said, okay, we're on that date, my lawyer said, no, on that date, I hope that the case is called. And the magistrate said, well, we're going to call it. Government um, lawyer said, we are ready for the thing. And he said, I have the president as my witness. The next day, I got a letter, case Nolly Pross. Because I really go in to get about mm -hmm. two, three million. Eh? I was going for that. No, and that, that Nolly Pross the case. That, and that, what does that mean? What does that legal term mean? Well, the legal term is that the fraud of the case. Fraud There's the no case. case. Because the Attorney General could Ridden. nullify a, a case. Oh, boy. All right? And that went, case never called. Okay, so that was the first bit of corruption. Yes, that was the first alleged corruption. Mm -hmm. Then the next thing is that I, many people have come to Dominica. You, you're a newly independent country, and many people come to Dominica. We get fly by night. Even up till today, you get fly by night. Mm -hmm. And uh, a guy called Don Pearson mm -hmm. came with a, a proposal to buy part of Dominica. No, no, he was not buy part of Dominica. All those who say buy, um, they were not telling the truth. Um, anyway, Don person came with a thing to have a Freeport mm. in Dominica. Freeport? Yeah. And we held discussion with Don, Don person, and I indicated to him that he didn't ready for the whole island to be a, a Freeport. And what I had in mind at the time was to let Roseau be the commercial capital mm -hmm. and let Portsmouth be the financial capital. Mm. So we decided, well, from Portsmouth area going in the north of the Marigot, all that would be Freeport. And uh, what we did in the contract, all government lands in that area, we gave it in as our part in the in the Freeport process. Mm -hmm. And he'll pay us one dollar for you, a peppercorn rent for the land, knowing that the land is not his then. It's still government land. Mm -hmm. And what was his? He was supposed to make all private amendments if a private person, if you want to buy his, the land. And that was that was the thing. And suddenly, I heard that, you know, I sold a quarter of Dominica. All people's lands were sold. And I heard that too, my yes. friend. Yes. And I met one of the persons, a good friend of mine, he used to go all around and saying that. I met him after the whole thing, when I was thrown out. And I told him, but now that your government is in, in power, when did you buy back the land from the people that we, I sold the land? And you told me, that was just politics. But my good name, when Dong Azai sold land for, for, for things. Mr. John, let, let, let me tell you something. Yes. That Don Pearson thing, I believed it, every bit of it, you know. I am from the north, and I, yeah. was told that I was sold too. And I would have stolen you if I was in the city. Yeah, but your property was sold? Well, well I'm asking if your property was sold. Well, no. Well, if your property was sold, how come I sold you old enough? How come I sold you old enough? And your property is still yours. And that was a bad piece of politics that brought back the country years. Because every time a development comes, some kind of thing was coming into it. And even, you know, even when I was arrested, and recently there, 
four girls came to my office doing the project. And after they did the project, one came back and said, we have a question to ask you and you want you to answer us. I said, yes. Say, why were you involved with Klu Klux Klan? Well, that too. Yeah. You finish it on pleasant thing? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I said, why was involved with Klu Klux Klan? I said, do you believe that? She told me, yes, yeah, she believed it. I said, do you know the principles and policies of Klu Klux Klan? Yes. What is the policy? Oh, to kill all black people. I tell her, watch my color. So I must be a powerful man for the Klu Klux Klan to come and take over Dominican and install me. Strange that the Klu Klux Klan would install a black man over them. And that's why I just laughed out of all those things. Mm -hmm. And I realized that my life was something that I couldn't go forward in the development thrust that I want. You know, I build houses for poor people. And intelligent people said that the housing, the houses will not fit for pigs. And I let, let me tell you about housing. I built 150 units at Bath Estate, 100 units at Caneville, 25 units at Lily Valley Trafalgar, 10 units at Focoli, and 25 units at Pori Pont Michel. And that was my dream, to make sure that poor people had a proper house. Not for themselves alone, but for the children. That the children could build on those houses. Who built that gym it? Huh? Who built that gym it? Gym it had some, some housing scheme too. No, I didn't build it. I think it's Eugenia Charles mm -hmm. who built that gym. Yes. But we, I built all those areas just to remove the, 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 the dumps that we had in Roseau. Mm-hmm and get people houses, in keeping with my mother who told me, make sure I bring these people out. Hold your breath on yeah. this. Hello, you live for Patrick. John, good evening. Yeah, good evening, Mr. John. Good evening. How are you doing tonight? Fine, fine. You know, I, I think that every Dominican is very well aware of the contribution that you made mm -hmm. to the development of this country. And anyone who is trying to deny that you made a development contribution to this country is trying to deny history. Um, we still yet in this country have not seen a housing scheme like Bath State Project. I remember when the personal secondary school was built, they said that it was a chicken farm. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many things that you did that I think was in fact noble and was keep feeding with your, your commitment to the poor and the, or the oppressed of this country. And I think I want to take this, this opportunity just to say that you did make a contribution and no one can deny that. However, I think, you know, I think we, we, we come to a point where we have to analyze the 1979, 1980 era. Yeah. I don't mm -hmm. have been any leader in this country who has been more popular than you have been in the, when, you were, when you were in fact the leader of the country in the 70s and the 80s. People voted for you, they believed in you. Mm. But I think nothing is wrong in saying that, you know, we made, you made some mistakes and, and some of the mistakes you made, in fact, um, but you into great disrepute and finally the defeat of 1980 and, and up to today you're still a young person. Name a number of their mistakes if you can recall. Well, I mean, first of all the Freeport, I mean, I, I, I don't doubt and even today I think people in Dominica still say that we need a Freeport agreement and you know we need a free zone and in different forms. Mm -hmm. One of the problems I think that, that this thing was done without consultation. And transparency? And there was, there was the, the, the way it was done actually created the atmosphere whereby people could insinuate a lot of different things. 
different improper motives. A lot of the problems I had, for example, I remember as a youth around that time, you know, mm -hmm. one of the problems I had was, was the way in which people said that the Don Pearson and his private group would have control over the security and customs and stuff like that. Mm. And, and, and I was very, very uncomfortable about the white man from South Africa coming down to Dominica and trying to be in charge of security and controlling out the lands. And mm. I think the government had a responsibility, and it was on the government, to sell the project to Dominica. Yeah, and explain. And, and I think but would they, was the government allowed to sell it? Well, you know, in, in any, any, any project, the government has to give its side of the story. Mm. And the opposition. So the opposition is more compelling than government. Well, we had genuine concerns. I, I, I think that, that even if I supported the government at the time, I, I had concerns about, about you know, the, the, the whole arrangement. You know, Patrick John was a guy who I knew from a little boy. Came to my house in Portsmouth, right there in Zika, you know. And it was at this house that I remember Michael Douglas saying, he will run for the Labour Party and back the winning house, right in my house, mm -hmm. you know. So it wasn't someone to whom I you was you were antagonistic. I supported the move towards political independence, you know. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that on the Freeport question there were there were a lot of things that people were concerned about yeah. and the government failed to clarify. You know, and, mm -hmm. and, and that even I, I I'm one of the people that believe that on May twenty ninth, nineteen seventy nine, the government of Dominica still had popular support around the countryside. And one of yep. the mistakes mm -hmm. that I think Patrick John did during his tenure government was concentrate on the south of the country. Libla was a man from the north, he had a base in the north, and up to today, some of the strongest constituencies of the Labour Party is still in the north of the country. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think when you, you listen to him speak about housing, he called Bafé State, he called Point Paul, Michel. he called Point Michel, he called Focolet, he called, but he, you couldn't hear him mention one housing project they did in the north of the country. Mm -hmm. and, and that was the base and support of the Labour Party all through this year. Okay. And once this base and so what eroded, and, you know, people had this problem. And I think Patrick was essentially a good man who made some mistakes, and I think he should be a man tonight and not be willing to say, well, I made mistakes, and, and that's the situation. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Okay, good. So this is a... Uh, uh Somebody with some objective views, yeah, I well think. I, I agree with him to a certain extent. <coughs> question of um, the transparency. We were not transparent that, um, enough. Uh, we not This matter was taken at cabinet level and uh, it died there. And, um, and the opposition took this thing up and they, they, they really, really and, dissected um, it and took it to the cleaners. To take, it up, take it up. And the opposition had the opportunity and people believe them. And they had the intellect yeah. too, um, yeah, engineer, think, lawyer, think, and so on. I think that was one, probably, a grave mistake I made by not really going out to and educating the people at the time. Okay. Now, there's another another point I want to make, the question of the the um, the medical school. I established a negotiated and established a medical school. The medical school started at um, Castaways. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, today, now, the Eugenia Charles regime tried everything to close down the medical school. And Jenna Amo and Ronald Amo and um, Michael, Michael Douglas, they put down their foot on that. And because it was um, during the OJ, re OJ regime, mm -hmm. they gave land to them in the Postmouth area. Mm -hmm. And today you can see the contribution that 
there's some hole. So you established the government, the medical school? Yes. As prime, as prime, minister? prime minister? yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, also the Kenfin Airport. Mm -hmm. Now, that was a hell of a situation, the Kenfin Airport. Mm -hmm. um, I felt that we needed an airport there and where uh, an uh, investor could come in with private plane, land tonight, this, after, this morning, work out a deal and get out. Okay. Instead of going all that way to Portsmouth. In the event that we have sick persons who want to get out to Martinique or the Guadeloupe, instead of going all the way to, to, to Marigot, that would be an emergency. And that was the purpose of that small airport. And uh, I can recall that Julian Giro had two friends here who had a, a nine-seater plane. And um, the, the guy came and said, you can land on this road there. I brought on the guy. What did he say? Yeah. In Vietnam, I landed on ship was and that. I can land there. I said, okay, on Thursday, I would like to land on the road and take off. Because the British government had agreed to give us the money to buy the area. But they said they would have to put instruments there for two years before they could decide whether the airport. So I called the minister and I said, but look, if I get an aircraft, an eight-seater, to fly over and land on the road and take off there with no accident, he said, well, by midnight you have a million dollars. And I got that thing. Now, I called the cabinet and informed guys about this crazy idea to go in a plane and land on the road. <laughs> and guys, this boy, it's the first time in my history as leader of the country that all my ministers had meetings. <laughs> <laughs> Every minister had a meeting. <laughs> so eventually, I convinced Vic in coming. Mm -hmm. So I told Vic, Vic, I'll come with you, my comrade, I'll come. But I know Vic, and Vic would have escaped. So I tell Vic we're having lunch at home. And I took Vic up to Mount Bruce and we're having lunch. So while we're having lunch, Desri was pregnant in Nairi. <coughs> she told me, you really going to land in the street? I said, yes. I said, what happens if you die? I said, you'll tell the, you'll tell the child of the heroism of, of his father <laughs> for, the, for the country. So we went up. Vic came up. We went up to Malvin Hall, go on the plane, and within within three minutes, we over my home. And I'm looking at this thing and I'm seeing cars like a matchbox below <laughs> down there in the road. So the guy asked me if that's the road, I said that's the road. <laughs> so we went out to sea and came out from the Catholic Church and yes, come. And the fellow went over. Mm. He said, Oh, at that speed, it it is we cannot land. Mm. So I tell him, I say, praise God, I say, let's go back <laughs> <laughs> to Melvin Hall. And the guy said, no, 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 we're going out and we will, we will do it, we'll do it. And he went out. Then I heard the, the gear thing came down, the wheels came down. And the guys coming there, coming at the church. And he said, gentlemen, we are about to make history. If we crash, we make history. If we make history. <laughs> <laughs> Alex. If you were on that plane, you'd see my chest moving that distance. And praise God, we landed there perfectly. The British man had a camera, the engineer came. He had a camera taking the pictures. They turned the plane, and then after we had a short interview, 
and we took off straight off again. So what portion of the road again was that you landed? On the bridge by the school lena. Uh, uh, right there. The, you see here you have the um the, the gas station. Yeah. Well that piece here. Alright. Yes, going towards um yeah they had this nightclub there. Yeah. But that piece here. And you got the King Philippot based and on that the night of heroism. Yeah, the night the minister called me and he told me you have a quarter million dollars to buy the land. And you bought the land and bundle the man right away. And King Philip started right away. Hello, you live for Patrick John. Hello, good evening. Hello? Okay, no one is here. No, good. No, boy, there's so many things that we have to talk about. And um, I'm not even sure where we're going to go. Yes, but that, no? that's quite quite, quite interesting. Um, the story that you just mentioned, it proved that you really were willing to take we risks. For the country. For the country. Yeah. Um, you accepted on records that you could have done things different in terms of how you handled the Freeport. Yep. You totally discarded the, the general public. Yeah, in terms of that information. And that is where I think you went wrong, and you're a man to accept it. You didn't seem to entertain the idea of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, that's ridiculous. But the stories in the books that you oh, yes. tried and convicted. All, all stories in the books. But you were convicted. Not on Ku Klux Klan. No, not on Ku Klux Klan. No. But you were tried. Ku Klux Klan was never in the trial. But that Ku Klux Klan, this thing never came up in the trial. But isn't it based on the books? No, what is in the books? A story writers, you know. I'm writing a book too. A tell all. And we will find out which other book will be a bestseller <laughs> when I tell all. So I shouldn't read the books I'm reading it? Well, you can read the books. It may be for entertainment. <laughs> but the writers <laughs> will realize that they are at fault to come and talk about Klux Klux Klan and this kind of thing. So you had no business with this guy? No, no arms was on the way to overthrow and to be part oh, of Oh, yes. Them. They caught a fellow in arms. They caught a fellow in arms outside New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And the court refused to accept the guns to come in the court. That was never in evidence. But wasn't this guy in co in co with you? Didn't he call that your name guy, sometime? Yes, yes, that guy was in co. So the guy came here. We had discussions in the Labour Party. He said he was going to bring a printing machine for us. I gave him a contract, and next thing I was arrested because of a contract. So what? And you know, it's a funny thing with the trial. The trial was called. We went through the trial. The case went, and our lawyers moved. That there was no case to answer. The judge, after two days going through the evidence and so on, threw the case. No case. I was acquitted. I was acquitted at the first trial. The government then goes, pass a law, giving them the authority to appeal against a judge who accepts a no case submission. And that was only done for Patrick John. No way in the history of Dominica again. When there's no case submission, then they go murderers. They let them go. Nobody appeal against the judge. And then they turn around and rearrest me and try me for the same thing on a second occasion. I was tried for the same thing twice. And here and got you on it this time. Well, they did good work. They did go to the chief witness. They send the wife and the children to Canada, the nanny to Canada, give him a big job on the port. Give him a vehicle, and he come to do his do. Him? Yes, and he did his do. Who, the chief prosecutor? No, the chief witness. Witness? One witness. Well, who is that person? I won't call his name. Hello, you live. Good evening. Yeah, hello, good evening. Okay, we seem to be missing the calls. The number is one 7 We have with Patrick John, first prime minister of Dominica, and a man who have been wearing so many hats around the place. We have not even touched footballers yet. And I get the feeling we're going to be going a little extra time tonight. Hello, you live. Good evening. Yes, good night, Alex. Yeah. 
Good night, Mr. Jones. No, Marigot. By the boxing shed. But that is done by Edison James. No, it's about a housing scheme that they do sometime in the late 70s. Well, well, I did two. I just forgot to tell him the thing. Yes, we did one in the Marigot area and one at Calibici. Yes, by, by boxing. Yes, yes. Yeah. We did um, 10 houses. No, we did 15 houses in Marigot and 10 houses in Calibici. What about that land, those land at, at CDC? Who did cut them up, the CDC estate? Did we cut, them, cut, cut up the land at CDC estate. And, and, okay, okay. And the National Bank, you do it? I did the National Bank, yes. Okay, okay. Well, you see, I, I just want to, I heard you talk some on, on some stigma in your life. You see, we still have that going on in, in Dominica, Mr. John, from, from liberal division in his politics. You know, we have a system here, a manipulating some people, still control some people, and they will use people to do any kind of dirty work. And what I notice in Dominica, if you're if you're a good leader, you will pass as a bad leader. And if, if you just do one mistake, and you're about to fall, they will push you down. And I, I, I just see it all over your city in this country. It's a, it's a country that is very hard to go through. It's a difficult set of people to deal with. There are some nice people, you know, but on the other side, they will use the dog to kill their own master. Just deadly, deadly movements kind of people. They go use their own, the master own dog to kill him. But why is that so, no, man? And when, do we, when will that change, if that is the case? But, but Alex, you've seen it, man. Alex, I always tell them, man, look at you. I see you make a little move on the, on the Centenarian Foundation. The man does, will knock you down. You know, I always tell them that. Look at Wadix. Wadix put one shoe together and it's like it's a war. It's like what Mr. John said. All you see in Dominica is a kind of... I, 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 how, I, how do we stop What you see in Dominica is now is who do it, eh? My brother, that's why we... And Mr. John and the man was a good leader, you know. Liblan and the man that was going to take out poor people in poverty. And when them yeah. other set of people see that, they say no. And that is what is still going on. Alex, even me, sometimes I call in them talk show. And it's like it's another set of man that want to manipulate the host, control the host, and tell the host that boy from Marigot, even my own Marigot people don't want to hear me on the radio. Some in New York, when they hear me talking, they call in other people and tell everyone he was on the air. They're right in New York, you know. Yeah, don't worry about that, man. You know? just, continue doing, just continue doing what you have to do if you know you're doing what is right. But all I'm talking about is for the rights of my farm, my farmers, and myself, and that is what I need, you know. Good night, I don't want to pick up your program. Take care. All right. Good. All right, good. All right. Very interesting caller again, um, calling to contribute to the, to the program tonight, to our, our discussion tonight. Um, Patrick, you had, uh, seem to have had a lot to say. When was the last live radio interview of, of, of that nature? Uh, some five years ago. Okay, you spoke with him on, on the, about your issues? Yeah, the, about Alex Bruno. I spoke with Alex Bruno. Okay, okay. Well, the, but that wasn't live. No, no, no. That, yeah, that came out when you had the 100 Great Dominicans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had yes, a program. We had, we had a program on that. Yeah, yeah, we did the 100 yeah. Great Dominicans. Yeah. We featured you. Yes. But also in 1990, well, we came I don't want to mention that. That is um, gold. <laughs> <laughs> um, but is that, but that's basically your first live radio interview since your, your stint as a... Yes, yeah, that's the first one as um, Prime Minister and all the troubles and so on. But why did you take so long to come and talk to us, Napiji? Well, um, you know, I am not on the stage now. <laughs> and I will take a back seat and allow those who are on stage to do their own thing. Okay. Well, I'm happy that you, you're doing it with me because, I mean, I mean, I, we, are, we are buddies. <laughs> and I believe the information that's going on is very, very, very interesting. Hello, you live for Patrick John Good evening. Alex Bruno, good evening to you. Yeah. Hey, brother, what's going on? 
okay, I'm fine, man. And good evening to the former Prime Minister. Good evening. Yes, uh, well, Alex, you just, the, your last comment there, that um, you're very happy that he's doing that interview with you <laughs> because he's your buddy. I feel a little jealous. I'm not, <laughs> I, I am not the buddy of the gentleman, but I'd really like him one of these days you know, to really do something with me, okay? Maybe I have to go through you. Well, no problem. Well, you know, that's, <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a done deal. <laughs> you, you have him on Tuesday, no problem. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> For me. Okay. Anyway, uh, you know, my brother, it's good to hear what you're doing. I have to encourage you to keep on doing the work, you know what I'm saying? Okay. That's very vital yeah. towards um, our own development here in Dominica. And what you're doing is important, not only to Dominicans at home, but also Dominicans abroad. I would like to say to Mr. Patrick John that I really appreciate the manner in which he has handled himself as an individual who has really been king one day and servant the other day. And I think all along the role and it, all along the way and in each particular role, Mr. John has handled himself with honor, with respect, with dignity, with courage. And, and so I think that um, even people at one time who did not uh, like Mr. John, I think that, that um, have gravitated towards him because he's such a humble man. He has paid his dues and, uh, he, you know, he, he has really resettled into this society. He is an example of what we all should be and i hope when our time comes that um uh, that that we all will have the courage to live it the way mr john is doing it thanks for the example i would like to ask mr john though that uh, has he ever heard of a gentleman from texas by the name of mr don black and does he know that mr don black is the grand dragon of the knights of the Ku Klux Klan. And of course, um, just out of curiosity, I thought I'd ask this question, but overall, my concern is that Mr. John has exemplified himself as, um, as someone who we all need to emulate, someone who, when you are up, you enjoy it, and when you are down, you don't lose your mind. You discipline yourself to take it. And so, Mr. John, once again, congratulations to you, and I am awaiting your response. Yeah, thank you. Okay. No, I, I, I don't know anyone named Don Black. The only person I know about Don is a Don Blackman or, or Barbados. Because when I heard you saying Don Black, I thought of Don Blackman or Barbados was the Minister of Government. But I do not know the Don Black of the United States. Good. Now, you mentioned about the trial, the star witness, taken care of, set him up, blam, blam, blam. You won't call his name. Is he still around? Yeah, he's around. He's around and during his life. Who was he? Who, I mean, any clue? Any clue? Can you? What did he do before he became a star witness? Okay. Um, you're really pushing me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the guy, he was in jail for murder. The star witness. The star witness was in jail for murder, mm -hmm. and government made a deal with him that they would um, forgo the, the the case, and he would come and say that he was with me in the thing. Why did why him? Was he with you? No, he wasn't with me. So why did I choose, know him? Why did choose a a, a a convict? No, no, no. He he was he had some relationship with Malcolm Reed and the Defence Force. Mm -hmm. And they felt that they could link him 
will they defend for us? And we mean it. And use him as a key witness. The guy said he came at my home and did all kind of things. Like like what Gonzal Gonzalez said about Mamu? Well, something like the Gonzalez situation. Well, that fell through. And um he he when he went on he said that that um I I was the architect, mm -hmm. key man in charge. Of as well recruit him and recruit rasters. In that Klukluk clan thing? No, to the conspiracy to charge mm -hmm. and to overthrow Eugenia Charles. Really? He was the only witness. The only witness in yeah. the case? Yeah. He was the only witness in the case. And what happened after you won after you got you got convicted? He went back to prison? No, the man was chief security in the port. Anyway. Hello you live. Good evening. Yes, good evening, gentlemen. Yeah. Yes, good evening, Mr. John. Good evening. Okay, one question to you. Um, is there a point in time during your during your stint as um, Prime Minister of Dominica that you felt that you were becoming a, a dictator? Well, I don't know what, what is the form of a dictator. The, the fact remains that our constitution is a democratic constitution, and all I did, I did within the constitution. I was never charged as a dictator in this country. I like things being done, and when I put my mind to do something, I'll do it. And if people believe that it's dictatorship, I was a man who want I when I was leader of the, the part the the government of this country, I look for progress for people, mm -hmm. and I would go all out to do it. While some people will not find would find fault in it, I would do it, mm -hmm. and therefore they might call me a dictator. For instance. I found at one time that rice and sugar shortages have been done in Dominica. And the poor people couldn't get rice and sugar. And then the, the prices were going up over and over. I decided to set up an external trade bureau, which is now Dexia. And I set it up and imported rice and sugar. And eventually got a deal with the, the guy and his government to bring in fish to Dominica while I send out plantains to Guyana. Some people didn't like it, but I knew that would be for the benefit of the people, and I push it today. You see indexing for what it is. The same thing with the bank. We felt we were going to the other commercial banks, and we couldn't get what we wanted, and we decided to set up a bank of our own. People were told not to take shares in the bank because it was still their money. But today, the bank is the leading bank in, in, in Dominica. Another thing, that I'm showing you that mm -hmm. the, the kind, while they say I'm a dictator, I feel that a lot of people in Dominica, they were not pensioners. They would work their lives on estates. They would work their lives as, as, as maids. And when they got old, they had nothing to live on. And in 1976, I took the bold step to set up social security. Today you've seen what social security is doing. So if all those things I decide I'm going to do and I do it with dictatorship, setting up social security, I agree I'm a dictator. Setting up the bank, I agree I'm a dictator. But setting up the external trade bureau, I agree I'm a dictator. So if these things were dictatorial, then I'm a dictator. But wasn't the provident funds before? So before it, was provident so funds. Libra started provident funds. Mm. And then I changed the whole scheme into the social security. Hello, you live for Patrick John. Good evening. Yeah, hello, good evening. Okay, good. No, 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 PJ. I'm a.
dreadlocked radio announcer, mm. and you are a clean-shaved gentleman. Mm. We are both gentlemen. When you were prime minister, there was an act that made me a target to be shot on sight. Persons wearing dreadlocks. Shoot. You, you know that? Yes. Didn't you pass a law like that, the Undesirable Citizens Act or something like that? And you read that in the law? I'm asking. There's nowhere in that law, Alex, that you see the, that anybody can be shot. The law is clear. The law says if you find a person of this undesirable association in your house, you have a right to shoot that person. That is what the law says. That's not what I heard. No, it's not about what you hear. The law is still here. And the law... The, law is, is, the law is still here? Yes. The, the, the law is available. On the books? Yeah, the law is there. But I thought you go fell because of that law. The law is still on the books. So you didn't... PG, explain that to me. The law is still on the books. Now, before I explain the law, I must explain the circumstances that brought the law. Hold on a minute. Let's take a call. Hello, you live. Good evening. Yeah. Hello, good evening. Yeah. Good evening. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, I'm very happy to hear Mr. John on that radio this evening as one great Dominican, right? Listen, all Dominicans know is very happy to hear you, even though they don't love you, even though they hate you. Mr. John is one of the prime ministers that really, really make Dominican and poor Dominican what they are now. Those that died and those that still alive, that say so many bad things about him, some of them gone, and they wanted to kill him, you know? And then they leave him on the gun. I'm telling you, all Dominican, I'm a Dominican, I'm very happy now to hear Mr. John speaking to Mr. Alex. Uh, Mr. John, this is your very good friend from Kinfield. I think you know my voice. I love you very much, and a lot of Dominicans love you very much. Today, if we're living comfortable, in a house, in Kenfield, it's you. Some of us is so ungrateful to forget you're the one who lead us to have a toilet at our home when you were on the bayfront, going to the bay. Listen, Mr. John, God going to bless you every living day of your life. I am telling you, keep on praying. Those who love you cannot kill you. Those that love you will always love you. So many things happening before, happened before. And all about the, the people wanted to make coup and everything. Many Dominicans doesn't know what happened. It was a game for some politician to get in power. Wait a now. God bless you, Mr. John. We yeah. love you. <coughs> I love you yeah. very much. Thank You're you. Friend. Thanks you for the call. Yeah, good. Bye -bye. All right, good. The law. The question, people are talking about law, law, law. We're not talking about the circumstances. As a matter of fact, I won the general election in 19, 1975 based on what was happening. We had guys, in, they used to call them dreadlocks. They were staying in the four corner where you have the, the, the thing shop now, the Muslim store. Mm -hmm. They were beating um, tourists. The tourism industry was dropping. They would slap people if they ask you for a coin and you go, they would slap you. Then they start going on the estates and private property of people holdings. And they were taking provisions out of the holdings and tell people don't come back on the holdings and took over. So the country was under siege by a selected few. The market used to be empty on a Saturday. I couldn't sit down here as Prime Minister and see that happening. 
I went to Parliament. And that is what a lot of people not saying. I went to Parliament to pass that law. And I had no Attorney General because Leo Austin was Attorney General was had gone to a conference. Mm -hmm. And he was not in Dominica. Mm -hmm. And my I depended on Eugenia Charles to help us draft the law. Mm -hmm. And that law which she did. Yes, she assisted us in drafting the law. Mm -hmm. And that law passed Parliament unanimously. Every member of Parliament stood up and vote because I asked for division and every member voted for the law and nowhere in the law it has any section to court anybody here one or two to kill anybody on sight in the law it says that if a person of who belong to the undesirable or prohibited association is found in your home you have a right to shoot that person. That is the only part of the law that mentions about shooting. And Alex, if you meet a fellow in your house now, you wouldn't see them and tell him good night. Allah. Well, and that so was, and that was is the only thing in the law. So was so was there no, another law then? That's the only law I passed. But I don't. Know. I won an election on that. I went through the entire country, telling people and making them I'm going to pass a law, so they can go back to the country to their gardens. And plan their own thing in peace. So maybe it was the shut your mouth bill then? The shut your mouth bill was Libla. Okay. Guy, I may know. But that is the one of sovereign. Yeah. And I wasn't in government at the time. Hello, you live for Patrick John. Yeah. Good evening. Great program. Where are we trying? Good night. Good night. Um, you know, there are some persons who will always play on the ignorance of Dominicans. Mm, so you can speak up a little. And will use the ignorance of Dominicans to deceive other persons. And that's mm. what happened in the 70s, in the early 80s. Because many persons of certain classes recognized that persons were not informing themselves, so they took advantage of the situation. PJ, you were a man ahead of your time. And that is why persons wanted to stop you in your track. So that the poor people of this country would not reach where they wanted to reach. And they succeeded in doing that because they have been able to brainwash the poor people of this country and lead them into greater poverty and decadence. But because they saw that where you came from, from Lago and whatever, they felt that you had no place to be where you were. And so they had to stop you in your tracks. And when they couldn't stop you in your tracks because of the speed of your progress, they fabricated lies. To bring down the leader of the masses. You were not the only one in the 80s that lies destroyed, but lies, as much as their lies, will never go down in the history books as truth. And today, the truth sets you free, and time reveals all. Live up, PJ. We need more leaders like you. I wish we could turn back the hands of time into the 70s and 80s, because that's when we saw the fastest progress in Dominica. And the Mullah twist them found that you were too fast to come out from where you come out <coughs> and lead people. And so they want to hold us. And that is why today they will use any pseudo poor person to claim that they are for the masses. But that's not true. History prove otherwise. Good program. Good night. Okay. Thank, you. Thank you. Well, that person seems to have lived a life, PJ. Yeah. And
it seems to know what you're talking about. The fact is, I'm speaking to you, and it's your first time on radio since your turn, your tenure as prime minister. Yes. I mean, and, and I guess it's an opportunity for you to speak. I mean, this has never been spoken by you on any form of media. No. So I, I, I'm hoping that we're not opening a kind of worms. I don't think we are, because no. I think it's an honest discussion. Whether, whether it's um, a kind of worms, I have no problem with that. Um. The truth, as the guy said, you will set me free. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's an it's a nice program. Yeah. I, I think basically, mm. um, you know, I, I, genuine for most of the parts, especially when you accepted that you could have done things better in terms of the explanation of the, the report, the report yeah. and um, you try to explain. I, I still have to put it in my system about the shoot the, sh the shoot on site act. No, I'll give you a copy of the app tomorrow. Really? Yeah. And you say it is still all around it. Yeah, it's still there. It hasn't yeah. been taken up. You'll see it for yourself. And the short term of bill was Libla. Yeah, it, it wasn't at you. Time, at that time, they say act that act. And you meant yeah. and you try you explain the um, the arms bill mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. star witness. Yeah. And you so and what other issues did people have against you? But these were the issues. These are the issues that yeah. brought you down. These were the issues yeah. from being the most popular political leader. In 1979, May 29, to an outcast five months after. Yeah, it may be God's work because it helped me to really understand um, human beings, particularly in the political field. Mm -hmm. Probably I was too naive. I took a lot of people for granted. People like whom? Many, many people whom I dealt with. People that were close to you. Yeah, you I got some them. bad advice. No, it's not a matter of bad advice. Wrong associations. No, wrong association. People like whom, PJ? I won't mention the name now. Hello, you live for Patrick John. Good evening. Hello, good evening. You live. Okay, no one is here. You won't call names. You don't call names. No, I won't call names. I don't want to debase anybody in society. No. But um, when I read my book, you will see the names. <laughs> that is for sure. What is the book going to be called? Patrick John the Man. The Man. Patrick John the Man. You live. Good evening. Hello. Yes, you're live on the radio. Good evening. Yeah. I just want to tell Patrick John, I don't know him in person. I only see him on TikTok. And I'm 35 years old. And from since then I hear him about him. And to me, I satisfy what he did for the country. You know what I mean? I'm living in Antigua right now. Okay. Um, if I hear he, another person like he, Really, really running the country, I might come back down. Because to me, he was the best that happened to Dominica in the past. You know? Thank you. And there is one mistake I find made. It didn't get you in in selling, um, doing the deal on the North. Because I believe by now, so the North would be much better than how it is right now. Yeah. Um, so far, I... I to me, I don't understand the reason why he take prisoners yet, and I wish he I wish he would explain more. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Right, right. Because I'm impatient to hear more about that. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Good. No. So, so PJ, we've talked about your troubles. We talk about your outsin. The time that you out of well, outsin or whatever. If I can get it correct term now. But we know what you know what I'm trying to say when you simple call overthrown. Oh, when you overthrown when yeah. your government was overthrown. Yeah, it was that was not overthrown. That was a popular um something. Where yeah, was the popular any, uprising? Any time, any time you remove a duly elected government and put one instead, 
before without having an election, mm -hmm. you overthrow the government by popular uprising. I don't care whether it's popular or unpopular, it's an overthrow of the government. So that's why, in return, you try to overthrow Eugenia Charles' government. No, I don't vote it for that. I do not vote it for that. So, but you didn't try to overthrow Eugenia Charles' government? I was charged for conspiracy, and charged with treason, and went yes, to jail. To overthrow, yes. So that's why you went to jail for treason. Yes. No, no, I didn't go for treason. Treason is death. <laughs> I, I was charged to con. Um, conspiring to overthrow, to overthrow a legitimately elected, elected government, which is what you went to jail for, for 12 years for. Yes, we'll talk about that after this call. You're live. Good uh, evening. That person is gone. So they got you on that one, PJ. So you indeed you were guilty of that. No, the jury found me guilty in the second trial. The jury found me guilty. No, you are yeah, two trials for that. Yes, I have two trials for that. That I'm telling you, I'm the first person who's been tried twice. For the same offense. But was the same child you explained to me about the star witness? Yes. For the overthrow? Yes. With Malcolm Reed and Newton? Yeah. He spoke in the first trial and the judge threw out the case. Oh, that was the same case you explained the while? Yes. And then they called me back, they arrest me again and charge me again and they bring in their own juror. So that was the only guy you planned with to overthrow Dominica, the star witness? Same, yes. But yeah. wasn't people like Dennis Joseph arrested and things like no, that? Dennis Joseph was um, freed. Dennis Joseph was free. He was detained. But wasn't a man hanged? Newton? Mm -hmm. Newton was for the police business oh. in the police station. That wasn't for the overthrow. Yeah. But you see... So, but how could you try to overthrow a country in a PG and you alone and one man? Well, that's a good question you should ask yourself. I wouldn't answer that question for you. It is elementary. It is elementary. And the, 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 the thing is that this guy came and gave his evidence and so on. The jury, you know, you have a jury list. Every every assassin, you have a jury list, and the jury, the names of the jurors are put in a box from that list. Mm. When that second trial came in, they did away with the, the jury list for the assizes, and they had a new list of jurors. A new set of persons judging. Um, for that case, mm -hmm. had a new set of jurors. And when we sat in the box, and they they chose the nine jurors. I told the guys we were going to jail. There were nine freedomites there. We had no lawyer. You joke. We had no lawyer. I challenged three of the lawyers. One was the treasurer of the Freedom Party and two Porto Porto Freedomites. Lawyers. No jurors. Jurors. Yes. And I challenged them. And you know the judge? Tell them, all right, go back. But remember, no politics in the case. A judge be. doing this? No. When I showed and I proved no. to the judge that these people were diehard members of the Freedom Party and I could not get a fair trial. On a matter where you were charged with conspiracy to overthrow government? But and that, when but that doesn't make sense. Not only that. Can you prove what you're saying, Peter? Can you really prove that? Well, prove it in the record of the court. So can I, and I, can and I, when, when I, we told the judge that uh, we our lawyer because we bring down lawyer from Africa, he, based in Jamaica. He was sick and he couldn't come. We wanted him. We wanted an adjournment. He said no. He told me, Patrick, don't you intelligent enough? You judge? Yes. No. And we started defending. Let me tell you, Alex. You I I post but, Alex. Okay. I won't come on radio now when you talk this thing. Okay, go ahead. Mm. And we started defending ourselves during the tr the trial. No lawyer. And the judge and there are four lawyers of Dominica there who I asked to to stand in for us and they refused. And we stood up there and we were playing lawyer 
asking questions to people who giving evidence. At lunchtime that day, the first day, the Prime Minister of, of um, Antigua called and he said he's sending down a lawyer, a QC mm -hmm. for us and he has spoken to the judge. Mm -hmm. We came back after lunch and the judge continued the trial. Mm -hmm. So I stopped the judge. I said, well, look, I spoke to Mr. Bird, VC Bird, and he said he's, he's sending down a lawyer who will hold on until the QC can come down. He said, we'll continue until the guy comes. And the guy came in two days after when all the witnesses have spoken already. And he had to recall the the um, the chief with the, the chief witness there and there, recall the guy, but he didn't hear the guy's testimony. And then oh they didn't take long. Sent us twelve years jail. And I made up my mind that was it. I went to jail the first two weeks. It was very difficult for me. Have you ever have you ever told that story to the public? No. No. It was very difficult for me for the first two weeks because some of been at home with the kids and friends and so on. And here I was in a cell by myself in the security block. My day starts at six o'clock in the morning and it ends at three o'clock. You cannot decide what food you want. You eat what you get. And the, the question of recreation, you get recreation in there because there is only floodlights in place. You don't see the sun. And I sit there for four and a half years. Four and a half years? Yes. But because of my <coughs> behavior, I was allowed to write letters for um, persons who could not, you know, read and write. I, Mr. Charter allowed me to do that. I went, sometimes I used to go in the library and teach guys how to read and write and to particularly write their names so that they could sign a check and this kind of thing. I did that kind of work. All right? But otherwise, I was in. Confined to... Yeah. I did two courses there. I did a, a course in um, management. Mm-hmm. And I got diplomas in those two, and then I started doing law while I was there. Jenna, um, Julian Prevost brought me some law books, and Jenna um, also assisted me with some. And I did the prelims, the prelim exam, I passed that. I passed the, the um, intermediate, and then I got a bad news. And um, one of the, I, I, I regret it that when I got the news, I didn't ask further. But I got the news that they say, even when I pass the bar exam, I will not be accepted as a lawyer in Dominica. Who said so? No name, no warrant. So you stopped doing your I stopped. law studies? Yes, I just started law studies. <laughs> You're live. Good evening. Okay. Very interesting, you know, compelling story you're telling. And um, I, you know, you're telling your story in terms of how you saw things, and I think you're a gentleman of note, and I'm respecting and believing what you're saying. Um, in terms of the trial and your consequent conviction, four and a half years after my estimation, and I hope it will continue to do just that until we end here at the midnight hour.
one hour extended, and of course, with good reason. You're live, good evening. Hello, you're live, Hello? good evening. Live. Hello, good evening. Mm -hmm. Hello? Yes, you're live. Yes, me again. Yes, me again from Antigua. Mm -hmm. I appreciate how Patrick John answered the question, how he explained himself, especially about the way he was in prison. Okay? Mm -hmm. And there is one more point I would like you to explain for me to understand. The part where the police and the defense force, what, what, what was the tie between the two of them? The tie? Because I, yeah, what, what, what it was like between the police and the defense force? Well, you understand what I mean? Okay. What was the difference in terms of command or what, what, that's what you want to know? Yeah, 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 the difference between the police and the defense force during them times, yeah. Okay, good. What, what part they had to play concerning the country. Okay, good, okay. Yeah, I would like to understand that part. Okay. Mr. Colonel, the folks who, well, this caller would like to know what's the, the difference in terms of the responsibilities of the forces, police <coughs> and defense force. Well, the, the police was a civil force responsible for law and order. But the defense force was an army that would only be called for action when the police is unable to control. To control, simply. Yeah. And the other caller who mentioned about WD-40, I know the show. Well, it's a guy who gave me a medicine. <laughs> I had a bad shoulder and um, really hurting and tell me to spray the WD-40. Yeah. I said, oh, WD-40, I was going to take out the rust <laughs> and thing, and I used it on the shoulder kill. It did? <laughs> yeah. It, it killed. B.A.B. who called me? Yes. It killed. That's it? Yeah. I, I just see. sprayed the WD-40 on my shoulder. And that pain just went off completely. Disappeared. Hey, hey. But BAB knows something. But I, <laughs> I better try it on my left leg. <laughs> Hello, you live. Good evening. Hello, how you doing? Very well, Good evening, Mr. John. Good evening. This is one of your fans out there. Thank you. Who, who knows that had you, the Freeport business, not gotten all that adverse publicity, Dominica would have been what St. Martin is today. That's because true. at that time, nobody knew what a Freeport was. And yet still, they opposed it. These were just people opposing for posing. Yeah. Now, one thing I want to ask you. There are people who played very bad parts in your life. One of them is Alji Murphy. Could you tell us about him? Well, he was a star witness no, no. at the trial. Uh, that's the star witness you're talking about? That's the star witness at the trial. Okay. That, okay. that name just slipped through yes, their way. and I have, you know, <laughs> I've explained but, okay. all what happened in that case. <laughs> that name just slipped through. Anyway, that's how it goes sometimes. You're live. Good evening. Yes, Alex. Uh, big man again. Let me tell you. You see that um, WD-40? Mm -hmm. I mean, I live in America for eight years, and um, it is, it is. you know, they call talk shows like all now, and they say it helps for spraying, arthritis, and whatever. Right. So good things come to those who wait. Maybe somebody might have a pain again and feel WDs to... to, to, to I'm going to try that guy something to have a pain in my left leg there, no way. You better do that, my brother. And I want to pick up all those that are in prison. You, you're doing good. Thanks. Hey, yeah. be here. Big mm, man, greetings. Right. Take care. Mm. You, uh, you seem to have had a passion for, for football because you yourself were an active footballer. Mm -hmm. You're about four, five feet, four, five feet, five, PG. Five feet three. Five feet three. So you're a short man. Yeah. And because of that, I'm not too sure what is it about short men because Pele is also not tall. Yeah. So it's Coco Shu, he's a short guy. Yeah. And most of the prolific, Judge Dangler, I mean, the people that we know, and even those on international things, mm -hmm. they are very short, the, the main strikers, the, the, the wizards of football. 
So you were able to maintain playing for Dominica for 14 years. Yeah. And also, 10 of those 14, you played for the Windward Islands. Yeah. Tell us a little about your days playing. Well, you know what it is? It's quite different to know. Um, we had no television. So we couldn't see other teams play. We just had radio. And of course, we taught ourselves to go to the library and borrow a library book and write everything what's in the book in an exercise book. And from that, we train ourselves. The difference between our players now and our time, we were more dedicated and we were more country-oriented. Mm -hmm. We play for Dominica and we, you know, whether our legs get broken, we're playing for Dominica. We would train ourselves. In spite of you, your club would have a regular training program, but yet players would go and train and get fit. Mm -hmm. You see players running and really getting fit. Now you have a problem in getting players to, to, to run and get fit. Now, at the senior level, when you call team and players to trials, and that is something we are going through now, mm -hmm. you find that players who are on the senior, some of them can trap. Now, trapping is not something that the Football Association should be teaching a player. When you make the national side, we should be talking about tactics and plans how we're going to do it. But you spend most of our time in teaching players to trap and to pass and to head. That is thing you learn at club level. So in our time, we learn this thing at club level. So when you call on national service, you don't need to go and learn to be taught how to trap, how to head, how to pass a ball. So all you went through is in plans and, 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 and tactics mm -hmm. in player against player and moving. And that's how our football developed in those days. Now you haven't got many coaches. <coughs> we ourselves coach ourselves. And uh, we learned. And it was an, it was an arduous exercise because we used to go to train in the mornings at, at 5.30 and still come back in the afternoon at 5 o'clock. Mm -hmm. And there were clubs in those days. All We had few teams. We had clubs. We had a paying membership. Now we do not have, we have only about two clubs in Dominica. Is the Harlem Sports Club and um, Zebians and probably Dublin. But all the other are teams. And it's difficult when you have a team instead of a club. With a club, the discipline starts at the club level. Mm -hmm. So that you have, when you do come in into the league, you have a high standard of discipline. Yeah. But when you have a team, where a guy can just leave now today and go and join another, another team tomorrow, you have no direct authority over him. It brings a lot of problems. Okay. But our football is on the rise now. Mm -hmm. Because our under 20, what we have done, we sent an under 15 team to Trinidad, to Tobago, in a tournament. And they beat everybody except Canada. Yeah. When they came back, we held them in the league. We put them as a team in the league and they're playing together. And they're doing very, very good. Our girls went to, to Suriname and came second in that tournament. And we have held the girls together. So we are training boys from 15 to, to go up to the various um, age to 17, under 17, under 20 and so on. We keep them together. Okay. And our football, I mean, this year, for the football tournament, nobody was sure 
who was going to be the champion in any one league. Except in the women's league, it could be either the Goodwill Runners or it could have been the DFA Cicero Goals. But in the Premier League, the the First Division and the All Island, and imagine a team came from Newtown and called themselves the Montego Boys and Bruce George and Montego Boys, and they just kept in them first year, yeah. and they're going up to First Division. So I, I think um, it's up. What they need now is some incentives. We are trying to get sponsors because one of the problems for us, why we want to give a monetary um, prize to um, the winners, we cannot do it under the financial assistance FIFA is giving us. They don't allow it because they are amateurs. But when FIFA allows that if you have a, a sponsor, the sponsor can say, I give you so much money, mm. you know, for the winner. So we're trying to get sponsors and to get that. We have Clico. We have just come on board. We have um, element agencies for the first division, and we have Domlek Wimasang who came and really stopped the women and um, football going on. So we have at least three sponsors, mm -hmm. and the signman who is doing the signman. So we we are moving. Mm -hmm. um, we have gained quite a lot from our affiliation to FIFA. Also, Jack Warner, who is a Trinidadian, he is the president of Concacaf. He's the president of CFU, president of CONCACAF, and, and vice president of FIFA. Vice president of FIFA, big yes. FIFA. Yes. So he's vice to the president. To the president, yes. Of the main FIFA body? Yes. Jack Warner? Yes. But we're in good books, man. Very good books. And he is like your 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 your, your, main, your head in terms of your, your, your part of... Yeah, he's my president. Your president. Yes. We, so we in Dominica voted for him. Yes. To be vice president of FIFA. Of FIFA, yeah. So that's huge for us then. Very huge. That no. is why, I mean, he has a special love for Dominica. For Dominica, yeah. yeah. So you, in essence, from 1991, has, have been, has been winning the presidency for football in Dominica. So your, your, your involvement in football and your job, so to speak, is based on you being elected. Yes. By the teams and clubs. Yeah, and by the delegates at the conference. And yeah. that is based on the programs of work that you've done over the past 15 years. Yeah. So that means you've been working. Yes. And it also means that by next year or the year after, you can be voted out and the next person could be... Well, it's a dem democratic pro um, process. For real? Yes. But if that happens, what's going to happen to you, PG? That's all you do. That's all you have now with football. The good Lord will open my way. The good Lord always open ways, you know. Because, I mean, I mean, just remind me of my good friend, Brown, who was just um, voted out as, as president of, of table tennis. Abraham yes, Brown. Yes, yes, yes. And, um, you know, he was voted out by Ed Kebarich. Yes. So, if that happens to you, man. I believe in the Lord. All right? And I believe that everything that happened to me has God's hand in it. And he will open a way for me. I don't worry about that. If I'm voted out, the good Lord will open a way for Patrick. I'm going to call a couple of names and tell me what you think as I call names. As we get near to the end of our program this evening... I'm going to choose to, to begin to wind down because it doesn't even make sense venture into other topics because we just do not have the time. In the future, we will meet. Can I call a few names and you just recommend? Eric Gary. Very good friend of Patrick John. Um, we were Prime Ministers together and we had a very close link. Margaret Thatcher. I never dealt with Margaret Thatcher. I was out of government when she came in. Magic Thatcher was um, Prime Minister of England during the time of the day Eugenia Charles. Ronald Reagan. 
he again was in at the time of Eugenia Charles, and Eugenia Charles assisted him greatly in winning his second term. The Grenada issue when she was chairperson of the um, OECS. Maurice Bishop. I never dealt with Maurice Bishop. Maurice Bishop came in at the time when OJ was in government. Fidel Castro. I've never dealt with Fidel Castro. No? Never. Idi Amin. I don't even know him. No? No. I hear about him in, in Africa. But I don't know the guy. But why was your name called alongside his name in the song? Oh, well, you know, song you can put anything. It's probably good to put anything. He wanted, He said Patrick John was a wounded man, which was great, you know. I was really wounded in Dominica. Everybody wanted me. What about the Shah of Iran? The Shah of Iran had his, his, his problem with his the Muslims, but I wasn't the wrong Shah. Your name was called among these elite names. No, they were called among the names as, as wanted men. In the song, mm. Patrick John is a wanted man, Sharvian is one and Idi Amin. All these Sparrow made his song. Mama Gaddafi. I have never dealt with Gaddafi. I never dealt with Sparrow with um, Castro. I never dealt with Mar 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 Gaddafi. Lin you see, at the time, when I was in government and the old Labour Party, we had a principle we were anti communists. We were anti communists. As a matter of fact, my wife went to Desiree, went to Cuba. And well, I mean, we had a dig dong battle at home. And she went to Cuba. And when I went, was negotiating for independence, that was flown on me that I'm a communist because my wife had gone to Cuba. And I had to demilitarize myself in that in that one in England, mm -hmm. but I have never dealt with Castro. Now it's a different era completely. Who did you deal with in the Caribbean in terms of head of states and world leaders? England, France, the Chirac, um, Jim Callahan at the time, the Venezuela president Carlos something at the time. These were the areas. I look for annual the America? Caribbean. What about America? I didn't worry about America much. I didn't worry about America much. Because I felt we, we were getting m much more from England than we were getting from America. And I rather stayed with the mother country to negotiate for development. Because of bananas were being bought by England and not by America. And therefore my leanings had to go in um, England way because our primary um, product was bananas at the time. Who taught your philosophy, your philosophy speech? Who, who, do, who can you attribute, who can you credit for? for? My philosophy, uh -huh. what I believe in, mm -hmm. Frank Barron. Strange. Quite but ironic, true. very strange. Yeah, but true. Tell me a little about Frank Barron. Well, Frank, he really impressed me as a good leader and he was chief minister. And I really had him as, you know, the person I wanted to be in politics. And now, if you had Frank Barron as a person you want to be in politics, why when he came to you to ask you to run for him, you chose to run for Libla? He came late. I had already committed myself to Libla. And when Frank Barron came to me, I couldn't turn down Libla. Because what I, what I, what I found out um, with Libla in particular, Liblan was one of the leaders who was really interested in the poor 
and the underprivileged. And that was my cup of tea. And then, well, Baron was more interested in the upper classes. And therefore, I felt, well, I couldn't go with Baron, but I, his philosophy, the type of, you know, the, the way he spoke, and his leadership qualities, I like it. Well, I'm happy. I'm happy that you could say these things about Liberal about um, Baron publicly. And um, did he also assist you in terms of when you had your troubled times in government and you were trying to raise money and funds? And yes, when Charles Sabrin wanted a hundred and twenty-five um, percent increase, it is Frank Baron who came to the assistance and he was able to get the money from the Royal Bank and, and Barclays. Royal Bank and Barclays Bank, and we paid 68, 68% and uh, 68% and 45%. You paid more than he asked for? No, he, no, I paid less than that. He wanted 125%. Okay. And I paid 68 and 45. And just 45 at the top and 68 at the bottom. And your hands were tied, basically Frank Baron. Yes, he came, he came, came and to he, your rescue. And he came to your rescue, yeah. I would like to note for the records that you were very complimentary of Dame Eugenia. You said publicly that you never thought she wanted you to be a ridicule, ridiculed. And you, based on what I, and yeah. not only now, but even speaking to you before that, you shared the same sentiments yeah. about Dame Eugenia. Mm -hmm. No animosity, no hate no. for her. No. You also know saying that Frank Barron basically assisted me during the strike, the 47 strike. And even contributed to the philosophies that you had. Yeah. So you're saying that publicly also. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you do not have any grudge against these two men, I would imagine Charles Savra also is admired by you if the same. Well, I, I, I don't hate Charles Savra. I just feel sorry for him. Because, you know, Charles Savra had a path in life that I wouldn't want to follow. And um, that's all I can say. But I don't hate Charles Savra. I respect him as a person. But I will not deal with him because I cannot trust him. But well, he's a successful man, isn't he? Well, Today he's, he's own, a minister. He's in own style. Anybody can be a minister. Mm. Um, the, the, the prime minister can make anybody a minister. You know. Even you? Uh, no, he'll fail in that one. He wouldn't make you a minister? Well, he can want to make me a minister, but, you may not but I will not go into politics. You will not. No, I want to serve my God. And we certainly not go down. I think we did a good. I think we did a, well, a good job in PJ. Hmm? We stayed clear from the politics. I think we did well in. I think we should give ourselves a ninety-eight <laughs> <laughs> percent. Hello, you live. I think listeners would be interested to hear about your your days. You know, with Compamia Sports Club. Compamia. Yeah. And uh, we have much time for that, though. But mm, PJ, briefly, Compamia. Well, Combermere's Sports Club was, again, strange. Combermere's Sports Club was raised by players who went to Rosa Boys School and, and um, mixed, Rosa Mix School. The Windsor Boys. Some from Newton came in and joined Combermere. I now had gone to secondary school. And I was the only person from secondary school who went to join Combermere. Mm. Because the grammar school and academy had a club called the Empire Club and the Spartans, these were secondary school students. And I went that way. But probably the same thing, keeping to your roots. And I joined Combermere. And Combermere, we had our own clubhouse. The first club to have a clubhouse. We were done at Beach Club. That was a clubhouse. We used to have shows there and dances. And the club was a very successful club. 
we won championship oh year after year year after year our main rival was Harlem which was then called um Dumfood Rovers yeah and um well we beat Harlem at, at will sometimes <laughs> they beat us but yeah, most of the times out of time would, would beat them about six, six times six times but um the competition was great what I like about Harlem at the time is that one combat lost to Harlem they come by my mother home in in um New Street at the time or Kennedy Avenue now and that's where we had the drinks we the, our club had to make the drinks so they come to our place and we eat and drinks was on our on, our, on us when we beat them we go to new, new tongue by Tom Webb's mother and that's where we drank and eat on them and the, the camaraderie was there but the competition the night when we come on the field well we didn't know anyone what we could see is our color mm -hmm. our color was green and white and that's all what we work for they were right. yellow and green yellow, yellow and green. green hello you live good evening hello good evening Yes, you're live on the radio. Yes, I know that. Good night. I'm enjoying your program. Congratulations to Mr. Jen and you. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Good night. Thanks for calling. Okay. Let me just say a very special good evening to the folks in Antigua. We've been getting some call from Antigua. Variety Radio is really in this broadcast. We say thanks to our good friend at Variety Radio and the folks listening to the broadcast in Antigua and to the many of you around the world listening to this very um, big, huge premiere um, radio interview with Patrick John here on DBS. If you're now tuning in, we are going a little extra time. We're ending in a couple of minutes. And this is because of the nature of the program. Um, we are doing one hour extra here on Positively Dominica. And we're actually warming down to the event. I was calling a few names of persons and having the former prime minister or the first prime minister of Dominica um, speak. And I'm trying to get his vibes and see where he's head, you know. Because the number of things have been said about Patrick John, and the number is still to be said, and Patrick John have not said a, a quarter of the things that um, I know that he could say on the program tonight. Some of it I won't allow because of the politics, the nature of the politics on the island. Um, but most of it I think we should get out somehow, Patrick. Yeah. Because I think you have a story to tell. You're a good son of the soil. I'm a hero because you're the first prime minister, and for in many other ways, in many other rights. And um, I, I have known of many, many heroes who did so much more than you ever will even think of doing. And yet they have been proclaimed as heroes. So why not proclaim you as a true hero of our land? And then, yes, you made some mistakes. You have confessed to some tonight. But that shouldn't disqualify you from taking your rightful position in, in society. Well, the truth search that set you free. Once you believe in the truth, there's nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry no, about. Nothing to worry about. Mm, you believe you've lived a full life? Well, I thank God for letting me be 69 this year. That's a fantastic number, age to be. Mm -hmm. If you could make ch one change in your life, one change, what would that change be? The change, I would accept the calling. Now that I'm an Anglican and, and um, we can get married, and be a priest and accept the calling. You would have? Yes. The calling I got in the Roman Catholic Church and I pulled out because of the question of you can't get married. If I had to make one change in my life, I would accept that calling as an Anglican. And then as an Anglican? Yes, then as an Anglican, I would have accepted that calling. And that interview tonight would not have come in because wow. I would have been a priest. 
and that's really what you wanted to be. Yeah. You ever, you only wanted to be a little priest, yeah. and you end up being a politician. That's how life is. You, you, how you, the way you make your bed is not how you sleep in it. How would you like to be remembered, Patrick? As a simple person, a person who was interested in the ordinary man. And a guy asked me a question, what was my greatest achievement? And I believe my greatest achievement is the establishment of social security. Where I know thousands of Dominicans now can go and rest in peace, knowing that at the end of their working period in their lives, they can relax and get something every week. Are you ready for the maker now, if, it, if he would call? He said, pray and watch. I'm praying and watching. You would want to forgive all those persons you may have offended. And I don't hold people to my heart. I cannot hate. That's my problem. That's a big problem I have. I can't hate people. Hmm. One day I was walking down the road, a woman looked at me and she told me, I hate you. I tell her, do I know you? No. You don't know me, but I hate you. I say, I'll pray for you tonight. Hatred doesn't bring anybody anywhere. There are two things that we must understand in life is the question of love. A question was asked to Jesus, which are the two greatest commandments? He said, love your God with all your heart, all your mind and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And just before Jesus was taken prisoner, again we in the week, and he spoke to his disciples, and he said, a new commandment I give to you, love one another as I love you. If we learn to love one another in Dominica and forget all these little pieces of gossip and division and hatred and that let love prevail, our country will move more than the United States, which is the richest country in the world. Love will conquer everything. Because the principles and the fundamentals of the U.S. is not really built on love per se. No, it's built on every man for himself. Yeah, but if we build ours on love, on love we, will, we will excel. We'll excel in the world. God will multiply our blessings in this country. And the rivers will flow high again. And people will be... Dominica would be a model country. Well, I'm hoping that your words are, are prophetic and that we, someone, at least one person, would have listened... I'm also hoping that whatever was said here was taken in the spirit that of which in which it was meant and um, that you, Patrick, will continue ministering the word, not just in the Anglican Church, but on the media. I think now that um, we have gotten a little baptism, I think, I really think you should continue. <laughs> you know, you should continue speaking to the media and to the press and maybe, maybe, just maybe, um, a difference will be made and will be seen. Okay, thank you, Alex. Let me thank, thank you, you for coming. You're a very strong man to, to, to withstand um, an interview for three hours, non-stop, no break, and um, still fit to go more, but we will stop here until some other time. Thank you very much for coming. This has been our program, April 12, 2006, Positively Dominica, featuring Patrick Roland John, the first Prime Minister of the Commonwealth of Dominica.
Palace and Shadian soldiers are patrolling the streets.